This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm back. Temporarily, I booted into a flash drive, and we are running this, so we will see how this works out. Hopefully, we do not crash, that I have to cancel this, and this podcast never makes air, and then I'll have to call into Rich, and it will be hosted by Rich. But for the time being, we have scammed our way with my crashed uh, C drive into being able to run everything we're running for off uh, the old Audacity. I'm not on the fans' Audacity, I'm on the old Audacity. So, Rich, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just, um, you know, feeling like a champion, feeling like Giannis, you know, or, you know. <laughs> soon to be. Soon to be, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it's looking that yeah. way. Yeah, just, um, you know, ready ready to uh, do the show and got a lot to get to. We saw, This was a pretty yeah. big week in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, just everyone, we knew when July was coming. Uh, that's when fans were going to pretty much come back across the board. And companies are loading up with a lot of stuff. And. Um, you know, I'm just ready to talk about some of it. Some of it I like, some of it I think is kind of mid, but we'll we'll see. Um, I, I did see just an interesting post right now, real quick before we get started. Um, WWE Shop apparently has put up some new merchandise for Braun Strowman. Yes, a man <laughs> that we haven't heard from in months. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! I I actually had this thought yesterday, and the reason why. Okay, so. I had, no, not yesterday. Earlier today, I thought to myself, "Bro, they fired Braun Strowman. He was he was the Universal Champion like ten months ago." Damn. He won at WrestleMania uh, thirty six, right? Yes. He lost it at SummerSlam uh, last year, right? Yes. He was a champion. Like he was a champion literally eleven months ago, and they fired him. Yeah. After but- having one of the best matches. Of the year in on the main roster, like a week after, two weeks after, life comes at you fast. Outstanding, outstanding. This fucking company. Well, good good luck, almost. Good luck. Um, yeah. So, uh, speaking of WWE, it, uh, we're starting out with the pay per view from last night, uh, Money in the Bank. Um. <sighs> Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the show uh, last night, Rich, as far as what you did see? And, uh, and we'll talk about um, what you didn't see, and I'll fill you in. Yeah, um, 
it looks like everyone was, was pretty much into the show. Um, a couple of matches I saw, uh, one of them was was pretty good. Uh, the Charlotte and Rhea Ripley match. Um, the Peacock thing sucked. Oh, yeah. Because of the the uh, downage period. And first thing I thought was, wow, Nick Khan convinced Vince McMahon <laughs> to sell the good product for this uh, for this less product or whatever for the bag. And, you know, that man's putting out like that non blue magic now. Oh, God. The, red the magic. WWE, you put out the red magic. Putting out red magic. I mean, we, before the old WWE network was blue magic. So um, rarely had issues with WWE network. But yeah, that was a real bummer for about 25 minutes. But um, Big E winning Money in the Bank was pretty cool. Yes. Uh, even though I think, you know, I think something drastically needs to change with his presentation personally. Um, I guess we'll get into that, you know, when we get there, but uh, main event really wasn't feeling it. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was, let's see, how can I describe this? I thought it was extremely slow. Yep. I thought it was edge doing an old man match and Mm -hmm. getting beat on with like forearms for like the first 20 minutes. And he was, holding on the bottom rope for his dear life. <laughs> like the whole thing with Edge, like I just think he's he doesn't like he's trying to make up for his either inability or lack of wanting to bump really mm-hmm. with the increased uh emphasis on like the old man selling and all that and I'm like, man, if I want to see this, like I can watch Dustin Rhodes who like blows you away, Edge, at this point. Like and I was watching and I was like, this is a really lazy main event. They were laying in chin locks forever. The the entrances, Mike, I, I watched SmackDown too. Mm-hmm. Man, I it, when you don't watch WWE for a long time, it's like it's jarring. You, you step into a whole new world. Like, and I someone had uh, asked me for for my thoughts on the show because they knew I was going to watch the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I sent a text back after it was like, yeah. As far as SmackDown, I was like maybe like a B minus. I was like it's kind of overproduced. And not I asked really- you that. It was me. It was me. because okay. I did I didn't watch it, but it was like it's the first show back with fans on the main roster. I might want to go check it out. Um, and then you told me B minus, and I think also Murray gave us told us B minus as well. And then I was like, I'll get around to it. And then I was like, I looked up and saw how much fucking, uh, sh- how many shows and, and matches I had to catch up on. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get around to that. Yeah. Yeah. I sent this one to um, someone else. I was like, it was okay. kind of o- overproduced and not really fast paced enough for me because mm-hmm. they didn't get started with the wrestling until like 817. And I'm yeah. like, where's the fucking match? Like, and they were just milk the entrances so long like they did it for an entire segment i was like wow that let me know immediately i was not watching a tuesday or a wednesday um i hate when they go to commercial as soon as the match starts they got cute with the crowd noise button a few times uh i thought the wrestlers tried hard and a lot of them look happy to be back Uh, i thought kevin owens was awesome edge looked 60 as i as i was basically saying edge is kind of old i think seth Rollins may be reinvigorated with the crowd I think they need to shit or get off the pot with Big E, and apparently they committed to him a little bit, um, you know, with the money in the bank stuff. Uh, Apollo, they did a vignette for him that was pretty interesting. Um, he looked interesting. Otis okay. did not. They made him cut all his facial hair, and he's just a charismaless, like, mean guy now. Um, I did, the only thing I didn't really see was, like, young male stars getting pushed. 
um, because they don't have those. Um, How about the women? <laughs> um, getting there. So okay. next week, I was like, I don't know why I would watch the show. The only thing that was really advertised was the Rolling Loud stuff for next week. Um, oh, that's think, next week. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Bianca's great, and they have to take care of her because she's got it. Um, Carmella's been shockingly solid for a while. Uh, they had a pretty enjoyable match. I don't think I would watch SmackDown every week. Like, I'll stick with the pay-per-views. Yeah. But it's very jarring going from, like, the Mookie ball, I would say, you know, like like Chris Harrington, how they – how AEW uh, – basically maximize their minutes with everything that they're doing right mm-hmm. on SmackDown. They sent Corbin out there for 10 minutes to kill time. And I'm like, this is a two hour fucking show. Right. Mookie Ghana would not be fucking doing this. Like, right. um, but, uh, back to the main event, my money in the bank, you know, lots of interference, lots of bullshit, whatever. Um, I think this is probably like one, like one of the couple duds that are on the Roman reigns, uh, title reign here, but, this thing was entirely predictable up to like feeling like Seth was going to run out and they did. Cause they, they did teased it. They, they teased it right after stuff. money in the bank. They, they teased it. Like he was going to interfere in the match. It was like, yeah. Oh gee, I wonder, Oh gee, I wonder the way he stated, he was like, I'm going I got to, a plan. I want who is going, I want the champion, whoever mm-hmm. comes out of it winning. And I'm like, Seconds ago, you just blamed Edge for taking your spot that you should have in the, for the title right now. Mm-hmm. You know how they do a babyface bail. They're about to come out here and have Seth run in and fuck him and fuck Edge. And then, like, sure enough, that happened twice. Look, and both they- times, and not one time when he was like, uh, you know, the way he stated, like, I want, I, I want the champion. Not one time did he ever, like, attack Roman. He attacked Edge twice, and it cost Edge the title. I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, whatever, man. Like, I knew you were going to go to Edge, Seth, but, like, why do you have him say that beforehand? Like, it made no sense. It made, like, whatever, whatever. I thought the, I thought the match was, like, very long, and it didn't need to be. Um, I don't know, man. Like, as far as, like, the Edge comeback, like, very mixed performances, because sometimes he looks how he looks, I think, in this match and the Royal Rumble, where he's, like, huffing and puffing for dear life. Then, like, I don't know. I I think Edge might work best in, in shorter matches because asking him to go thirty five minutes seems to be a disaster. The only time it's worked is when he was able to do the freaking match with Orton with multiple takes and had to and do the match twice, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't. This isn't this, even and even if he was like ten years younger and he was still in his prime, right? It's, it's still a WWE main event match where the heel is taking like 75% of the match by means of laying on the mat and one-sided offense. Like, and then you have the run-ins at the end. Like, the run-ins... And all the talking still. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I guess what, I, I, I just like... I rewatched the match today. Uh-huh. The story is better than I gave it credit for initially. However, the action is still in the middle. Like the first act is fine, and then the second act is is fine. Well, I don't want to say fine. I would say the opening, the beginning, the technical wrestling story, and then the comeback to the finish is good wrestling and telling story. The middle part, like ten minutes of of Roman just beating the shit out of the champ out of the dude forever and just taking his time and not ever actually trying to cover him. The first it's like So he wants to torture him? It was, it was just club like clubbing <clears throat> arms to the back and I was just like On top on top of him, 
throwing down like these. <sighs> That's another part with this issue with the Roman thing that for me uh, watched it. I, I, I should say for now, let's go through the card and then we'll get to it because it's like. Might as well start there. Main right. event. Yeah. All right. Fine. Um, yeah. It's just that's the main event of the show. And like earlier in the show, they had a dominant heel champion beat the shit out of the babyface contender, and it was way more vicious. It was way more impactful, and it was faster. And like to see that earlier in the show in the first hour, and then in the main event, see what Roman and Edge did is like, am I supposed to forget what I just saw? Two hours, two hours ago, when I saw it done better, and like to better, to better, like a fit, to better, like um, usage. It's like you, that was just wasting time. Like when you laid on the mat forever in a chokehold, he actually laid in like some like it wasn't a karate, but he laid on the mat in like some uh, weird chokehold, and then he turned it into a chokehold. And I was like. So- I was gonna say it, it looked like that thing that Thunder Rosa was using uh, recently to, to, but hers looks way better. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure she didn't like sit on sit in it for like three minutes. So nah, it's it's like one of those instant submissions. Like you in that shit for three seconds and you tap. Right. So it, it's laying on that, not selling it. He didn't try to fight to the ropes, or whatever. It's just a, it's just literally like a chin lock until someone claps and get him up, get him up, and then he got out by elbowing his way out. Like he didn't reach ropes or he didn't you know, escape. It was just laying there. And I was like, it didn't have to be like that. Like it, it just, the match was at a certain point at the beginning. And then it just like, when Roman just took over, it was just like, okay, we know nothing. We know that like, nothing's going to happen until I got to the, I got to the point where I felt like I was watching a Randy Orton match. It was like, nothing matters until someone hits their comeback. Once the comeback happened, then we'll get the actual match. But like, you're just wasting mm-hmm. our time. And it's like, we talk about this with, with Okada often. It's like, First 15 or 20 minutes, depending how long that match goes, it's good wrestling, but it doesn't really matter. This wasn't good wrestling. This is just, like, just laying there. So, like, yeah, I, that, that has to be figured out. Like, either go 25 minutes out of 33 fucking minutes or, or, or whatever. Like, if that match is, like, eight, you know, that match is 25 minutes out of 33, that match is a lot better. Like, I think I give that match, like, three and a quarter. But a three and a quarter star match that goes 33 minutes is a fucking insufferable. Yeah, I think I think I'm a little even lower than that. I'm like that's fine. Whoa. It went 33 minutes. It was it was only good. You know, it was only like, really good like, for like the last like eight minutes of the match. Like like I described in the text, I was like, all right, so we had 20 minutes of them laying around doing nothing, a bunch of interference, and then them breaking the barricades. Like that's what we were left with. Right. Like and then the run-ins, like with with Rollins and then uh, the Usos. I was it, like, what? two and three quarters like that's where i was at like, like maybe a, a three-star match in a gym. three in a 33 minute match you had like the first five minutes of the match uh before they got out the ring and then you had like the comeback the edge had in the in the near falls where he's teasing like he's gonna beat <laughs> like he's teasing like he's going to beat roman reigns off an inverted face buster broken <laughs> And people bought it. I was like, look, man, the crowd's loving it. They like it more than me. But I'm just like, hell no, he's not going to beat him. So, yeah. uh, and then, and then the, the, the run is happening. It's like, look, man, like once I see, once I see, if I've never seen another rough bump, like, this I'll, one was I'll, like I'll hilarious. Was, they play like this man tore his knee. Like well, to explain well, but, why but, it took so long. But that's the reason. Exactly. Instead of just doing the knockout, they did the he tore his knee. So that explains why there's three. There's two different run ins, and then we'll tease the near fall where Edge gets a visual pin, and then the ref will run in. And I don't, and I rewatched it. 
the because when Edge hit the spear, when uh Roman sets up the spear, Edge hits the spear and gets the visual pinfall, and the cr- crowd is chanting like, "There's no ref, so we'll visually count the, the count till until the ref finally gets to the ring." Right? I don't know if it was a mistiming, miscue, whatever. But Roman heard the crowd chant one, two. And before the ref could actually get into the ring, he kicked out thinking, because he's just listening to the crowd. He's like, like, I got to get my shoulder up, otherwise this is all fucked. So one, two, shoulder up. And then the ref starts counting, and then he gets the shoulder up again. And McAfee, because like he has been programmed, actually acknowledged that like he had, he had got the shoulder up before the ref even had counted. And I was like, yeah, man, ain't no good. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, So it, it was just a... There's a better match between those two in that in that match between those two. Will we ever get it? Who cares? Like this point, who cares? Like this has been the whole eight months of the year now. Or this seven months why, of the year now. This is why I like Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania so much. That 17 minutes forced them to maximize everything they needed to do. Minimal resting and bullshit and just fucking around. But, it was but just... Rich, there's no politics in men's wrestling to Vince McMahon's mind. He just sends you out there. You re- It don't matter about your height. You mean, you mean women's wrestling. Oh, women's yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter about the it doesn't matter about the height disparity, the size disparity. You just go out there, you have your match, you tell your story of the and and, uh, and then like you get a certain amount of time to where you don't just over overstay your welcome. And you just go, and and sometimes there's bullshit, but when there's not bullshit, and it's too talented people, and they want them to have a great match, they'll go have a great match. It's, you see why? Like, oh, I've always liked the women's division ever since like the horsemen got got up here, as opposed to like what they do with the men's roster, where everybody has to be shot fucking bail and protected to a certain spot. Like, no, you can beat them and move on. Like, if Roman Reigns, I'm sorry, if, if Edge had lost, if Roman just speared him out of his boots after 33 minutes with no interference what is that the end of the world yeah they act like it they act like it i thought this was the company where wins and losses don't matter hmm. but that's why they shoot everybody bill yeah yeah um then you know roman gets on the mic after the no, match no 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 after let's let's go back to the visual pin kick out that happens and sets up for the spear <laughs> Seth brings his ass back out after the third, so the official third set of run is. Edge just sees him up on the apron because he didn't see when he had him in the uh, the cross face with the uh, with the uh, chair Super bar, yeah. right? Because he just hit him from behind. So he, that could have been anybody. That could have been Jimmy or Jay, right? So he sees him on the apron this time. This dummy that's, you know, the 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 ultimate opportunist sees this fucker on the apron. It has, I have to clear him off the ring right now. Immediately clears him off the ring, turn around, spirit out his boots. One, two, three. Yeah. 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 The distraction finish. Like a they did all, geek. they did all that. The end with the distraction finish. finish. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 33 minutes. Thanks. Thanks. <sighs> Thanks. So yeah, man, um, crowd bought on a lot of it. Hey, it, it yeah. worked for the crowd. They were hey, it worked for the crowd. They were in front of so good for them, right? That's yeah. the point. It didn't yeah. work for me. Yeah, then, but that um, stuff don't work for me anymore. Like you, if you seen it, if you see it uh, every other pay per view, <laughs> you know, for for ten years, it kind of wears on you. Like, I had enough of this shit, man. Yeah. Um. Then John Cena comes out after Roman yep. Reigns. Um, That's probably for no reason. Thing. 
Yeah, it's just basically set out. Cena's coming out uh, dressed like a Sprite bottle. Um, he's got the green, the yellow, the all that. Kind of a new font. Uh, it looks like he has a costume on at this point because, I don't know, man. This man's an actor now. Like, he came out and I was like, and then he took the hat off and I was like, oh my God. Like, the hair is straight or whatever. Like, he doesn't have the low buzz cut. Uh, well, you know why he has a low buzz cut, though. I know. He has to cover the ball spot in the back. I know. And so he has like this this kind of fluffed up hair. Um, and it's just like this man looks like a parody of himself. Like it, like this is the first time I ever thought John Cena looked old. Really? Like, yeah. I remember one of his last runs uh in the last like three years or so, he was smaller uh-huh. than he had been like in previous years, and I was like, okay. Like I was like, okay, he he like he's out of that. Like he actually, he looked relatively. I oh, mean, he, he's in great shape. Oh yeah, he, oh, he's always in great shape. Even he was smaller than he used to be. Like, but I'm just saying, like he's a like he's somewhere in between where he was in like let's say 2018 and where he was in like 2015 as far as like size, like bulk mm-hmm. or whatever else. Like he's somewhere in between there. So to me, compared to the last few times I saw him, he looks better. The hair like does you. the hair thing doesn't bother me, but because I, I know what that is, I know what that is. Jericho, Jericho has not shared with John the plug. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if John has seen any AEW and been like, huh? But that's not natural. Let me call. Let me call Chris. <laughs> I need. I, I need some help. I, I think they live in a similar area, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So they they may be neighbors. Mm. So help your neighbor out, uh, Jericho. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, I saw it and I was like, John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Hmm. When they're four years older, when they're four years slower. Yeah. When Roman Reigns is wrestling at a worse level now than he did then. When John Cena hasn't like had a great match in like five, four years, four years. Yeah. Yeah. And a match that wasn't even all that good the last time they did it. And of course, uh, I believe Cena came out uh, on Raw and did like a big promo, just you know, taking a dump on him. I'm gonna came out, out on Raw for a SmackDown wrestler, which is like why? Why I sent out that text is like why is he going on Raw when the, the, he's he went face face with the SmackDown champion? Ratings. Um. <laughs> they don't need they don't need those on Fox. They'll get him when he shows up um, for the second promo. Yes, because then he goes face to face. Like they, they oh, that's so, oh, that's so much they, different. That's so much different. They right. milking this. They gonna All milk right. every second of this. But um, yeah, like it's it doesn't really do much for me. Um, people, I, Josh brought it up. It's like people have either they're pretending that it didn't happen four years ago, or it just like people don't remember it. And I'm like. Yeah, we thought it was dumb at the time because it was like at no mercy. Right. And, and it was second from the top. Shot. Yes, or no, it was just in the middle of the show. Like they well, was, um, oh, I'm sorry, it was the second or, yeah, biggest match. Semi. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was the like, second biggest match. It was like that and I was like y'all hot sh- y'all hot shotted like a WrestleMania program in 1 month or whatever for this shit and I'm like like that, we said that was shit was so dumb in real time yep. and like imagine if that wasn't on the books now. Then I think you might actually have somewhat of a compelling match even if you know there's no chance in fuck that Cena's winning right like he's gonna do the same like, this is gonna be a carbon copy probably a worse version of the last feud also um, also when you mention all that stuff 
we've talked about this a few times. If you look at Google Trends and look at like WWE in its search in its search popularity, mm-hmm. like that no mercy, that pay per view was like the end of was the end of it. Was like that was the last stand, and then like everything has gone d- down ever since then. Since that so one like, pay per view. So like John Cena's promo is gonna become even more true. Like I'm just here because you can't do your job. Like remember when remember Roman said ticket sales are great in front of a half empty fucking ring. <laughs> but 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 then people got mad at us for pointing that out. We we're like, well the hard cam, well the hard camera side is, uh, is a side that's empty. Like you know how like oh my god. It, these pro- it's gonna be hilarious to hear all these promos. We gonna have to get Simon back on the show to uh, analyze this. Oh god! At some point, yeah, you know this is his favorite rivalry. You know, or oh, this yeah. When I, I well, is it his favorite rivalry? He no, didn't like this the fact is, he was roasting Roman. He didn't yeah. love the fact that he was roasting Roman like that. Yeah, remember, uh, remember, like, tre- imagine that Sunday is like, imagine that next week is like a uh, drug test. You can't, pa- you ain't getting past me. It's like, god damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his ass. Yeah, he was man. on his ass. I don't think I don't think he get away with that now, or maybe or maybe he not even get away with. It. I don't think that that's appropriate right now. I, they got to come up with something else. Well, you know that man gonna say something about the Usos, like he about to do because oh. he did it last time. Yeah, DUIs, of course. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, didn't they high five after DUI joke last time? I believe time? they did. I believe they did. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, but John Cena and Roman Reigns, like they're gonna tell us it's a big match. They're gonna act like it's a big match. They're gonna push it like it's the, like it's John Cena versus The Rock or something. And it does oh, it not connect. Look, it's a big it does match. not connect for me on that level. It is okay. So it is a big match, but it ain't John Cena versus The Rock. Are you kidding me? No, nah, like it's yeah. definitely not that. Um, they about, about to airbrush all this. Like it's going to yeah. be, um, you know, what they do. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we just move on. Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. This is one of the greatest Money in the Bank ladder matches of all time. Um, this match was incredible. Ricochet. We should have known this. It's Ricochet. It's John Morrison. It's Kevin Owens. Like, of course, it, it, Matt Riddle and Nakamura is there to th- then get into their own way where they can actually just basically, like, spar each other at, at a point in the match. You got Seth there, you got Big E there, and it's like, it was just a great match. It was awesome. There's so many crazy things. Kevin Owens, I don't, he's going to kill himself. Why does I, why do I feel like I say that every time I see him in some special rules match, like, he's going to kill himself? We know what's happening with him, man. Like, he um he took some crazy-ass bump on SmackDown, too. I think he Did jumped he? off the ladder. Yeah, he jumped off the ladder through a table. Like, the like, ladders, uh, that, don't tell me, like, the ladders that were props on top of the ramp. Um, he had, he just had a ladder outside the ring and like he jumped on somebody through the announce table. I think he gave him like an elbow or a splash or some shit. So like whenever there's, there's something what? there, he like, he'll, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's what he does. You it know, is. Like, is it Mr. Fall off shit? Like, oh my gosh. This well, guy, that, you know, that shit reminds me of New Jack. He was like, "Yeah, man, like you know, whether you win or lose, like so, you tell me I'm gonna lose. All right, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just start diving. Like so, but, don't you even gonna remember I lost? But at least New Jack was high on cocaine when he did this stuff. <laughs> Kevin, I don't see unless unless Kevin is out here uh, taking a bump before a, a, a different kind of bump before <laughs> before he comes back from Gorilla or through Gorilla. Like this man is doing this shit with off just adrenaline." 
I said, we are not talking about the WWE show, The Bump, a no. different bump. No. Yeah. Tom, they may have her playing with his nose. Like, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Um, yeah. Owens is crazy. He got power. Let's see. Let me think the things that happened to him. Um, he got, uh, he got basically power, or not power, or sorry, power bombed. He got scoop slammed onto the edge of a ladder. Um, he also, uh, landed, he got flipped or back body dropped and landed knee first or suplex and landed knee first on a ladder that was on the mat. And then the coup de resistance, he, uh, Seth Rollins pulls him off the ladder and then power bombs him over a, on a, over the top rope through a ladder bridge where he basically lands head and neck first, right, uh, where the, where the, uh, shit breaks and like he grabs his neck and head. And I don't know if that was a shooter. That's a selling. I have no idea. If he had died, if we, if we had found that he had died last night, I'd have been like, oh my God, like that. I can't, I can't say I can't believe it. The way he fell. Yeah, that that reminded me of um, when Marsley got powerbonded. Yes, thirty three, thirty one. Oh, thirty one. Yeah, yeah. With uh, when it was uh, it was Harper, it was Brody that uh, yep. that powerbonded him, right? Yep, exactly the same thing. Except like Kevin Owens is way bigger than Mox. He has way more force. Um, Karrion Cross just got called up to Monday Night Raw. Cool. Uh, Ricochet. We'll get to it in a second. Ricochet. Uh, did the uh, similar spot to what he did in his in that North American ladder match where he gets tipped off on the ladder he's on. He basically then transitions to springboarding off of the top rope and then he flipped dove onto uh, a crowd of people. Uh, God, Drew McIntyre, God bless him. Um, he was awesome in this match. Him and Big E, they teased him and Big E and when they got in there, uh, it was fun. Like I said, Riddle and um, Nakamura was fun when they were in there together, uh, sparring and flipping through and, and countering each other's strikes. Um, Morrison was doing outrageous shit. He had a he had a terrible botch where he did basically like a 450 elbow drop, but he missed. But he was doing a bunch of other crazy shit as well. Uh, the dipstick thing, I don't know where that, or the drip stick, I don't know where the hell that came from, but all right, whatever. But he was awesome in his match. Like, this was a great match. Like, I, I ended up giving this four and a half. I, I love this match. Um, it really sucks for people that like had the network issues and never figured handled that and figured it out and never went back to watch it. For anybody that did not watch that match, go back and watch that fucking match. That match was awesome. Yeah, I feel like I caught like the last half of it because I was still dealing with issues um watching it. But um what I did see looked crazy. Like that big flip Ricochet did was incredible. Um and Big E won. Yes. And now he's a babyface money in the bank holder. He's the, be- he's the best, most credible baby money in the bank winner since who? 2000. Who won- okay, who won 17? Because Moxley won 16. Uh, yeah, 16. Moxley. Baron Corbin was 17. That's um, right. And then he lost it. 18. I don't remember. Braun. That's that's right. Uh, nineteen. Yeah, I remember who nineteen. Was. Nineteen. Um, nineteen money in the bank winner. Nineteen money in the bank winner. Brock. That's fucking right. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay, so and then two thousand twenty was Otis. So okay, so out of what 
the money in the bank is supposed to embody as somebody that is just belief to serve and needs a little push over to then get themselves into the main event scene, he is easily the best candidate or a best winner since Moxley in 2016. Easily. Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman was like, he should have been champion by that fucking point in time the time he won it. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, what the fuck? That was just to troll us. Yep. And then Otis is just like, that's, that's, no. It was a terrible Otis, decision in real time. Never, it will look worse as we go on. Right. He was never going to be champion. It was a means to get to Miz. They should have put it on Miz if that was the case. Like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I I feel like something with Biggie needs to change. Um, the goofiness is. Move over from, uh, he needs to move. Are you saying he needs to move away from New Day entirely? <sighs> no, nah, nah, like, like, I don't know. Like, for me, like I, I spoke with, with with a friend of mine, and uh, I was like, man, like with with Big E, I was like, there's it feels like there's something missing. Like I know they changed his music recently. Um, I'm like, why doesn't he get a new finisher? Uh, and th- I don't know if it would necessarily like that simple story would resonate. Like if Biggie was in New Japan, they would do this and it would yeah. work and get over. Yeah. Like he's doing the big ending now. I would oh, like make, make the, the big ending, his, his signature move and to yeah. give him a new finish. But like, why that big ending? Like he has this new move that no one can, f- can fucking kick out of because the beginning's like been here for years. Yeah. Like, everyone can kick out of that, but yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's just something like, I think the goofiness is starting to wear on me because I, I feel like the New Day Act is wearing on me, and I know they're over. And uh, you know, very popular Kobe Kingston uh, got big reactions from what I'm hearing. And I don't know; it's just it seems like it's it's stuck in a time warp. Like Biggie's 35 now; like they've been doing this since he was like not even in his 30s. So it's like you gotta like like Bret Hart wasn't the same like as he was in the Hart Foundation. Like Shawn Michaels switched some shit up from a rocker, like. I feel like something needs to change with him. Like I don't think I don't think that's unfair. I don't think that's yeah. unfair at all. Um, I think that <clears throat> I think that can come during the build towards whatever you know they're teasing with them over the next few um, like, months or whatever until they eventually get to the cash in. Like they got to tap into his passion for for everything. Like um, some of the stuff that he was doing where he was speaking. Like they need to. I feel like they need to watch a bunch of old tapes on how to get baby faces over with him. Like, because why would they do that? They don't get any baby faces over rich. True. So that's why I can only be. So I'm like, all right, I'm happy. We'll for see. Him. I'm happy. For him because he's somebody. I'm happy for him just for the fact that like, all right, he's already able to be hall of famer. He's somebody that like has done everything that you would need to then be qualified to then get a push in a main event spot at the top of a card. It just has never happened yet. There's not. A, there's never been a good reason why not to. And he had been. They they split up the new day, and we were like, all right, so are they going to push him? And then like WrestleMania came and went, and we were like, well, what the fuck? So now it's like, all right, well then now this is a perfect spot to get the money, make to get to this point to where then like you can go from there. Like, I I think that like some some changes would be made along the way to make him seem more serious and be more fitting of a top of the car guy, even though I think he pretty much has most of it, but we'll see. Like, you know, when I say we'll see, like, I know they're going to screw it up, but like, we'll see what changes come of this. And I think that he's talented enough to make most of the things that they give to him or change him work out anyway, because he's, he has a crowd's respect. 
people like him. He's a likable guy. Yeah. Um, maybe they do. Maybe he's not. Like, I can't even picture him being Roman Reigns. That's that's funny, but... Who's going to be uh, Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns getting buried with that fucking thing. Like, the only way Roman Roman, Roman Reigns loses is going to be because of Brock Lesnar came back and, and Heyman turned on him or some shit, stupid shit like that that no one will care about. Yep. So, um... Before that, we had Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, man, they pulled them. They saved themselves with this match because I thought this feud has been just abysmal. Like everything I've heard about it, it's just been nothing but toxic. And even they may have finished off Rhea Ripley in a loss anyway. Uh, like the experiment, like everyone seems to be like the experiment. Yeah, the experiment is over. Like her, she's basically like a shell of herself uh, from NXT. I like the match. Um, and I think she displayed like she's incredibly strong. Like oh, that yeah. whole sequence when she had to basically pull Charlotte up and it looked like they could have fell at any time, but they didn't like in the crowd, like kind of gave them that a uh, little extra, extra pop on mm-hmm. that. I thought that was good um, there. You know, they, they had some of the normal sloppiness that comes with some Charlotte stuff, but I think this is one of Charlotte's best matches in ages yep. because uh, and it's real funny when Charlotte has a good match, like then, you know, Twitter responds with like the, the, she's the goat stuff and all that <laughs> stuff. Like they had to be real quiet for a long time. I hope they realized that because it had been quite a while since <laughs> her, her last like good match. Like, like how low did Charlotte get drafted this year in the uh, social suplex draft? Uh, I'd have to look. I have to pull it up. Very let me, low. Let me let me go figure that out real quick. Yeah, but um, but yeah, man. Um, Charlotte, I I believe they've began fucking with the count for her titles again. Uh, I was seeing earlier on my Twitter timeline they were saying that they're calling her a five-time Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. It, erasing the NXT uh, ones that were added on previously. So I don't know. We'll have to pay more attention to it. But <laughs> okay. they're they're always doing goofy shit with her. I don't know. Time will tell, but this will probably end up another um, title win that you don't remember for her because they're just trying to get her to the number. They gave Rhea Ripley a lot because she was losing. Uh, she kicked out of a top rope natural selection. She was kicking out of big moves left and right um some of the match obviously didn't make sense to me when it comes to the finish um they did the uh, you know it, like they did that match last month and Rhea caught a they did a disqualification because someone hit the table but like what's the difference between a ring post and the ring steps like in the table so that doesn't make sense wait, like, wait, what <laughs> the how she caught that disqualification last month like because the piece of the table that was used or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she flipped the you know, that cover that they have on the top that's like thin. Yeah. Yeah, when <clears throat> basically Charlotte had her the story is Charlotte had uh Rhea dead to rights. So Rhea did a uh or flipped that flimsy thing over onto Charlotte for a DQ, which is like one of the lamest DQs in, in recent memory in WWE. And like Charlotte's is like she's pissed, but she's also like Oh, you like you're, you're you're cheating like me. She's like, congratulations. She's like, she's like you're learning, bitch. She's, <laughs> which is which is one of the all time fa- one of my favorite things Charlotte has ever fucking said or done because it's like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like this feud had two unlikable people. Like everything I saw from this looked terrible until this match. Um, yeah, 
Um, I think they're having outside, a rematch tonight. Outside of their matches, the few stinks. But I mean, that's not the first time Charlotte's had a few that like as far as like uh, motivations, characters, and what they're accomplishing has been screwed up or is just isn't functioning at optimal level. Like that, that tends to be most of her feuds. To be quite honest with you, like what happened with Becky, look what happened in 2016 with Sasha. Like luckily, her and Sasha just killed it every every fucking time they had a match. This make people forget how bad that or how not bad, but like how just lacking that feud was as far as like a personal tension between them two other, and they just get want to get in the ring and wrestle each other. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that happens with a lot of Charlotte stuff. I mean, shit, look at what happened with her and Lacey before Lacey ended up um, having to leave the show. Yeah, that was going to be a big disaster. Yeah. Um, I don't know where Rhea Ripley goes here. Uh, good luck with wrestling Nikki the superhero or um, almost a superhero. Bruce. Like, <laughs> like that. That's what it seems like. And you know what's, like you know what's the worst part about that is the branding because like I thought that it was you know abbreviated as A. S H for like so you can call her Nikki Ash. Oh no. Everybody must call her Nikki A S H. Horrible. Um yeah, but it's another Charlotte title win in the vacuum. Match was cool. Uh yeah. and they they got cheered. Yeah. Like um they got they got clapped for. Like <laughs> Well, I will say I ended up giving this match four stars. I then the crazy part is like because I've watched so much wrestling. I've watched I watched Dynamite in NXT today and also had to rewatch some stuff that I saw earlier in the week when I was like when I was had like no I hadn't slept in two days. So um so I had to rewatch so I couldn't remember the stuff I had watched for. So like my mind's just a wash of all the stuff I've seen. So I remember I ended up writing in the th- in my notes, uh my recommended match notes, I ended up giving this match four stars. Um, so, and I, I looked at Cage, but I think it's about four stars as well. Um, so whatever, like, I don't remember much of this match outside of the beginning of the crowd was about to shit on this match. And then they wrestled oh, so yeah. well to, cause they were about to chant, we, we want Becky Charlotte, like, which is one of the better, uh, one of the better, better character things she's ever done. She's like, Oh no, <laughs> fuck, fuck all of you. And then put off the crowd. And then, have, and then like, rush two have to black out the screen because like Charlotte's thinking of her feet. Well, but it's also PG. So there, uh, there's that. It took four matches for this crowd to be basically going to Venice for this. Right, right, right. Now, Rich, Rich, right. Uh, this crowd was great at times. For the most part, this crowd was great. They had its moments where they wanted to, you know, I think that's really the only moment where they really wanted to go in business for themselves. But earlier this week on Twitter, there was discourse from a lot of WWE apologists. Oh, the dumb. That, we, yes, that, we're going to do it. That a lot of them were like, we don't want fans who actually come back because they ruin things for my enjoyment of watching the show. Now, Rich, you saw that crowd last night. Fuck they did. Off. They had that moment in that match, and then later in that match, that they were awesome. So, yeah. did they, in general, and overall, enhance that the viewing experience or make it worse from what you saw on the show? All week, it's been better, and we're going to talk about it right now. This is a bunch of cockamamie bullshit um, that that people have like popped up. I saw one guy that said he's a wrestling promoter and he would like the Thunderdome instead of fans. I'm like, no. You're dressing this shit up because you're some kind of WWE apologist that is like that doesn't want the the thing that you hold close to you to get the fucking work by by real life people that attend the shows if they fuck it up. Um, Also, uh, you know, people have have redirected 
with all this meant to dress it up. And um, when people say they clearly want to see fans back to enhance the presentation of the shows, people have taken this and spun it with a straw man, uh, like saying that the crowds are racist and everything like that. I'm like, okay, like America's fucking racist. Do you want us to solve society's ills at the same time? Like, stop, like, stop this. Like, stop, like trying to, um, come out here and set up these bullshit straw mans, like to hop in front of Vince McMahon, uh, so he doesn't get hit by a train. Like, stop this. Like this. I not. That's I had all not this heard, is coming from. I have not heard any. I did not see anyone say that. Like, or or do this thing where they're saying that like they don't want the fans there because they're racist or sexist. Like here's that the thing: they're nerds, or they're, or they're rude, or no, they, no. they quote unquote stink. This is what or I whatever. heard. And I'm Th- like, that's the one I heard. Right? Fucking like, that's the one the I heard. And I was like, look, look, I was like, hey, this is the same kind of pejorative thing when people on Twitter you see them attach like sex or like getting hoes or something to like they do that to try to not acknowledge like whatever the the criticism is mm-hmm. like oh go get some hoes oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, the, the, all, all that bullshit my favorite much. one is like people say like i can't believe people are, are Meltzer fans they need to observe some bitches and i yeah. was like and i'm thinking to myself like so you think like these are all incels that, that, that like follow uh you think you think these are just all incels? Because I can tell you yeah, right now, like I am the, not the, involuntarily the, celibate. Look, and I, look, and most the sex every, havers watch this wrestling show, right? You know, and it's like, like the okay. non-sex havers have that and one. I'm, and I'm like, thinking to myself like, okay, so let me get this right. You guys think that you guys are cool because you watch WWE? Like, bro, we're all fucking losers for watching this stupid shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> We we are watching we are watching people hurt themselves to give us a fake fight. Yeah, like what? I, I've seen this like on Twitter like for quite a while. Okay, like it, so, it's like it's all the same accounts. It's all the yeah. same bullshit. But, but like but, but like the one the one I heard the one that I did see that you mentioned was like uh because because these crowd these crowds of people stink or blah 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 and I'm thinking to myself. I'm sorry. I thought I thought that we were talking about uh, the viewing experience. I, is, I didn't know we had smell-o-vision. What are we talking about? I don't give a fuck what y'all smell like. I'm not. I'm not there. Yeah, yeah. And, and as far as uh, you know, so many people in their hygiene. Hey, how many times have we talked on this show about people about wrestling fans and their hygiene? So I'm not gonna disagree with you on that. My point is. I'm not amongst like, them. I'm trying to watch the people, loud, loud people be excited for the thing they are seeing. And a lot of these WWE shows have so many bad d- misdirection steps for what they want to do that they can't figure out how to do that. It leaves them ultimately like unsatisfied. So then, because they're there, they do stuff or they sit in their hands. I watch wrestling, and I, I, I tweeted this out. I, I cover, and, I cover and watch WWE, NXT. I'm sorry, I said Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, New Japan, and Stardom. I am only seeing this, we don't want fans stuff from main roster fans. It's not, I don't, I don't, I don't recall ever hearing Jeremy or, or, or Josh talk about, uh, oh man, you know, the clap, you know, I wish there were no, I know, wish there was nobody. I wish you can go back to like when they were doing the, uh, right before the they dojo went to, shows. Yeah, those dojo shows, uh, when they were doing, um, uh, New Japan Cup last year, yeah. right? No, and even if you want to say, well, we're talking about American. Okay, I watch NXT. I watch uh, uh, Dynamite. The last two weeks when we've had full crowds back, 
It's been a, it's been fucking great. Phenomenal. It's been excellent having but, fans back. I have not heard like I have not seen a single AEW fan uh, on Twitter, and I I follow quite a lot of people. Like I follow like cross sections of wrestling fans to kind of see what everyone's talking about, right? Unless you're like way off the fucking reservation, um, then I'll mute you. But they, uh, I I don't think I've seen a single like person that normally cheers for AEW or enjoys their shows a lot, fans of their wrestlers saying, "Yeah, we don't want fans coming back." Like these are not like. These are not AEW problems. These are not NXT problems. These are not um, impact problems. These aren't ring of problems. These like, are shim- like Shimmer starting up. Um, I think next month or, or or in the next like few weeks or whatever. These are not Shimmer problems or Shine like, problems. These are not independent wrestling problems because I, like, I'm sure like all these people and of course there's some wrestlers in there that um also engage with that fuck shit, trying to be cool on Twitter to to these people that are trying to work or whatever. Y'all are fucking marks, and and I'm talking to the wrestlers that engage in that. Well, bullshit. yeah, think about like, it. Like, we don't want people that will then come to our show, and if they like something we do during the show, might buy our merch that we're gonna after the show go out in front of people and smile in their face and ask these marks to go buy this some shit. What are you talking yeah. about? That sounds yeah. like the dumbest. Remember, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, my my president is black, cheesy. Yeah. Be all you can be. Don't that sound like some dumb shit? Don't that sound like some dumb shit? <laughs> like joining in, like with, with with the fans and their hey, we want the Thunderdome sentiment. Like I see y'all. I'm not gonna put no names on y'all because like I'm not trying to get clipped like, right like, now and taken out of context. But think about but, it. I don't. Yeah. Hey, me pro wrestler that makes most of my money off the merch that I sell based off the match or angle that I do on this show. I don't want a live gate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want. Mer- I don't want merch as being part of the gate. I just want. I, I don't even want tickets. I don't. I just. I just want to sell my my IPPV. What? Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. That'll make you a lot of money. That'll make you a lot of money. Stupid. Yeah. Um, you'll definitely be getting more than like twenty five dollars or fifty dollars in a handshake. Definitely in a hot dog. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Um, I don't even know where we're at right now, but oh, um. <laughs> uh, we went to Charlotte, and I guess now we'll move on um, yeah. from there. Uh yeah, but but shout shout out to Charlotte and, and Rhea. They had a they had a kick ass match. Um yep. yeah, so uh from there we end up having Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. It's like a seven, eight minute match in like we talked about it earlier with um compare in comparison to Roman versus Edge, like Lashley beat the living dog shit out of uh Kofi and Kofi was selling and he had one whole spot and then they cut him off and then beat him. And I thought to myself, wow, this is like the, with the match that we would have that we had thought that we had wanted with uh Kofi and Lesnar. And I gotta say, um, it would have been better than had he just beat him in a few minutes, but we still would have been not been happy. Like looking at it from that lens is like we would have we would have been we would have been less pissed off, but it, we still would have been pissed. Mm. So, um, but yeah, like I I thought that I thought that like Lashley, this was like the most menacing I think I've ever seen him in WWE. I like I can't speak to his impact time. I heard he was a killer there, but on the main roster, this is like this is like one of the best like things I've ever seen him do as far as like looking dominant, looking like a just a, a just a unbeatable, unstoppable athlete. So, um, you know, I had a birthday last week too. Had a birthday. How old is he? Forty? What? Forty five. Wow. <laughs> Great shape. <laughs> You ever hear Melzer talk about him as far as like Melzer told him to yes. like yeah man he just I don't I don't eat what he wants I eat what I want I'm like god damn <laughs> yeah it work out like, yes god. yeah different. all right 
So uh, one of the so I guess we move on. Oh, you have anything else? Yeah. Um, okay. You're setting them up for Goldberg. Um, Think so? Or you know so? That's that's the that's that's the word. The oh yeah, man, that's the word on the street. Oh, so man. that's why this Kofi Kingston match was done in the way it was done. Short because uh, it gets you expecting. Okay. Hey. Short, short, intense. It's not like I. It's not like I want Goldberg to go 33 minutes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so whatever. Um, I. I wish there was something cooler to do with Goldberg than just send him out there to lose to the champion every time. But um, I, I, yeah, like, or win is, it. Why can't he just come out there and just like kill Ziggler like at a like he, he did uh, a few years ago? Like why don't he do it at someone else? That'd be right. cool. Right. Or I, do, I, I, do like I, a tag team match with somebody or something. Give Goldberg a friend. I don't know if I'm ready for Goldberg to be in the Sting role. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for that. Hey, the Sting role is pretty great. Yeah, but because Sting is a better wrestler than Goldberg, so, so, so that's why. So that's why Sting can do that because Sting's way better than Goldberg in the ring. We can't. We can't be risking having Goldberg trying to trying to carry some other guy like that, or not carry him, but like be the emotional linchpin of Goldberg. Like Goldberg is, is supposed to be a man of war, not like some you know. I've, I've I've taken up a ward. I've taken up a surrogate son. Like that's that's not Goldberg. I don't know. Um, also, this is, a, this is a different Goldberg. This is Dadberg. Dadberg. You know? But the thing is, like all them dudes in WWE on the main roster, too old to be Goldberg's son. That's true. That's true. They more like Goldberg's nephew. Yes. Or yes. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess it's like the last bit of like real fun or overachievement on the card. Uh, Raw men's title uh, tag team title matches uh, title match. It is uh, Omus and AJ Styles versus the War Raiders. I gotta say, I enjoyed the shit out of this match when it was happening. Like AJ Styles is still fucking great. Uh, War War Raiders still great. Omus is super charismatic. And, like, they all played up each other, and AJ was bumping around like crazy. Um, War Raiders, who I haven't seen since um, they had came back. I, I really didn't even know they had came back from the injury that, uh, I think it was Eric that was hurt, right? Um, so, yeah, so. yeah, so, like, it was fun to see, it was fun to see those three. Um, and almost, and, like, I, I, I like him. I like him. He's super charismatic. He can't rustle a lick right now, but, like, that doesn't really matter. He's gigantic. He has presence. He has charisma. I don't know. I don't know what this means as far as like what his future holds, but he got something. He, it seems like there's a dollar sign on his forehead. Like I'll put it this way: if this was 1985 or night through 1995, he'd be a millionaire in a year. I don't know about these days, but I don't know about today in 2021. But back in the day, oh, he'd be raking Hogan, it Hogan in. Hogan would have Hogan would have dropped a leg on him like or, uh, across the country uh, Hogan, on the house show loop. Hogan. Sting, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Warrior Macho Man, he would have made so much money, so That's much funny. money. He'd been working funny. them, he'd been working them loops, he'd been working them A loops and B loops with Hogan and Savage. Oh man, he'd be he'd be raking it in, bro. Not wrestling worth a damn. Yeah, you know, just just being big and black. It would have worked though. Yeah. So I mean, I think I don't know. Like I'm, I, I like him, but I don't, I don't know. Is what it a he, meme? Is it a meme? Could be, could very okay. well be. Because like I said, he can't wrestle worth a lick right now. But I mean, Braun Strowman can wrestle worth a lick. Um, yeah. 
and he got better. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But like, as far as AJ this, this, doing this, most of the work around him, I think this as a team, they, they work. They're they're when I've seen them the two times or the three three or four times I've seen them, I've been, I've enjoyed what they've done. And this was especially a reminder of like, wow, like AJ, and especially like the team work they did. They did a spot where the Warriors were on the floor outside. AJ hits the opposite ropes, comes back, and basically does an assisted, like he basically like posts off of Omus, goes over the top ropes, and hits a Hurricane Rana onto one of the War Raiders. And I was like, I didn't know AJ would ever think of doing no shit like this in this stage. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, yo, it, it was it was like I didn't I didn't I didn't think he would I think. I didn't think he would do no shit like that no more. And then, like you know, him and the War Raiders doing you know, all the all the War Raiders stuff. Like it was it was fun while it lasted. Like I ended up giving this match probably like three three and a quarter, but it was fun because I was not expecting a good match out of this out of that. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a, just a manly and stupid thing, but they were fun. It was real fun. Like this is a match you would expect to see out out of like some big NBA uh, center or somebody like on AEW. Like you, you expect to see like Joel Embiid uh, on AEW uh, in in that in this kind of match, not not almost with AJ Styles and War Raiders. It was All shocking. Right. Update: They brought back Keith Lee tonight to answer an open challenge from Bobby Lashley. They Ooh. beat Keith Lee, um, and then Goldberg came out and challenged Lashley. <laughs> and so he was there to set up. Are you serious, bro? Yes, yes. that is so dumb. <laughs> So the last time age, so the last time Keith Lee was on TV, oh, they're blowing so much shit like on this week. Like why? Like bro, you could have, like you have to, like this is the company that is funny. They milk like the wrong shit and then like put the fucking like they pedal to the metal on or uh, they slow the wrong shit down. Like bro, Lashley could have killed like two more niggas before this nigga showed up. And, and pick someone else other than Keith Lee. <laughs> so, remember, last time um, Keith Lee was on TV, he was going to be Get out of the way, Keith. The more important star is here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real talk. Okay, so it was either February or March when Keith Lee was taken off TV, and he was taken off TV at the last second, and he was going to become the U.S. champion. And then yeah. that didn't happen, so then they put it on Riddle. And Riddle was supposed to take that pinfall in that triple threat match. So he comes back after being gone for uh, roughly four months, five months, and they immediately beat him with the dude that he was going to take the U.S. Universal, the, the U.S. title off of. That you couldn't get a pay per like You could get they a pay per like match off of that. That's stupid. Look, they don't like them. They don't know what to do with them. They never have. They never will. Flat out. Like, uh, like apparently, <laughs> apparently, um, like, yeah, that's wild. All right. So the the opener of the show was the women's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, it had uh, Naomi, who was good, Tamina, who was eh. Um, Natalia, who was all right, Oscar, who was Oscar as usual, um, Liv Morgan, who was you know Liv Morgan. Every time I see Liv Morgan, I'm like she got something. If she was in AEW or if she was like in NXT still, like they would do something with her. But maybe they they tease like they want to do something with her, so the crowd likes her. But like I just 
after I saw them make her like a random lesbian, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. So I, I have, I have very low hope. Um, I saw the do- the documentary. Like if you have never watched the Liv Morgan documentary on uh, the WWE Network, it is fascinating. Oh, like it, to see how the backstage culture works in WWE, how shit like can get yanked from underneath you on a whim. Like, like what, um, for example? They, there was like. Like she thought she was having a match uh, up until the very last minute, but like they didn't want her gimmick, her quote unquote new gimmick to be seen yet. So they yanked her at the last minute. Uh, it was only a dark match or some shit like that. But okay. it, it was, it was, they were leading up to it for weeks in the program. Like um, just the, the disorganization, Michael Hayes just running around like chicken with his head cut off. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Like it's a look into modern WWE. Ah, this okay. showed me that like, I was like, Oh man, they're never doing anything with her. Ever. Oh yeah, like yeah. and she's and she's like quietly like um, been around a while, and I she think been she she's been around is, for almost four, almost five years now. I think she is like 27 no, now. Almost yeah, she's four years. Now. Almost four years. And and you know how it works in WWE, so <laughs> she um, she could be uh, up out of here. She could be back in NXT, like how they're doing Mandy Rose, apparently. So uh, yeah, so uh, also in the match, Alexa Bliss doing the Fiend stuff. There was a spot where um, she's up, where Zelina is up on the ladder. Zelina was in some great gear, by the way. Um, up on the ladder, about to win, and Alexa climbs up on the same rung she's on, the same level rung, and then hypnotizes her, and then makes her climb down as opposed to I hypnotized you, so I'll just grab the briefcase whatever whatever it, just dumb the feet like the fiend is going to win bury put him in a coffin uh or, or worse gimmick thing or whatever the fuck we whatever sh- worst of the year wars that we have uh at the end of this year again for uh, hey you know what i just realized about keith lee they beat him in texas like oh my God, they, did beat him in texas. <laughs> they beat him in texas wow sorry hey I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, that was that's pretty much the card. Like the top of the card, good show. Uh, actually, like it's an uneven show. Like uh, I would say, the 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 main event is disappointing for a lot of people that watch a lot of wrestling. Um, the. Uh, but the main, but the semi-main event in the Charlotte match is awesome. Um, uh, the the Kofi match, if you wanted a great match, is not for you. If you wanted, if if you know what their uh, disposition is on both of them, then like the match works. Uh, like, so yeah, like I think I think that the last two pay per views were way better than this. But like, there's still some good stuff on this on this card. So I give it one thumb up and leave it at that. Yeah, man. I think most people um, like that. I think a lot of people, the average wrestling fan or or whatever else, a non-hardcore fan, will like the main event a lot more than us that have seen WWE do run-ins and shit like that, and and you know, and and, and rough bumps and all that kind of stuff for for years. I, I think you know, I think there's a huge uh, difference in opinion on that. It's polarizing. Yeah, man. Um, I'll tell you something. Like we have had. That wasn't polarizing. Um, <laughs> AW Dynamite, uh, awesome show. Uh, the uh, first night of Fighter Fest, uh, headlined by Darby Allen and Ethan Page in a coffin match. 
which lived up to the billing. Um, yeah, man, we there was a lot on the show that was just like uh, the even in a way that the Miami crowd didn't give like they gave a lot in Miami, I feel like. But going out into a bigger building somewhere else in the country, even though, you know, I, I, th- I feel like I have to make this clear for people too. like Florida is like a couple different states in one. So even though they were in Miami, like Florida's it's three not states. Jacksonville, <laughs> like which is not Tampa. So um, Florida, Florida is basically three states. Right. Or actually it's OK. This is how I feel about Florida. Right. <clears throat> you got Miami or basically uh, Broward County and Dade County that house Miami and Fort Lauderdale. They're going to break out the, the college football. No, I'm not going to do the state of Miami. I'm not doing that. No, no. All right, you got you basically got like South. You basically got Miami Dade or Miami Dade Broward Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. That's that's itself, right? You got South Florida. That's not there. That's not that. Then you have like Polk County, uh, the like Orlando or that country area there. That is basically like South. Or then you have. Uh, like above Ocala, which is uh more or less like South Georgia, and then you have the Panhandle, which is South Alabama. That's how I would basically describe Florida as. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but getting them into Texas, and it was just like everything just seemed more over. Pretty much like you know, just look up and down the show. It was just excitement everywhere from Ricky Starks winning the uh FTW title, um, Cody Rose and Malachi Black, um. Hangman and Kenny and the Dark Order facing off with the Elite. Um, Christian Cage and Matt Hardy was even got a pretty good reception here. Better than I um, thought it'd be. Yeah, and the match worked out. That entire I, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, Britt Baker, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Wheeler Utah, uh, who came in and they're pursuing him hard. It looks like uh, Yuka Sakazaki, Tokyo Joshi Pro, lots of subscriptions out there uh, in in Cedar Park, uh, Texas, just outside of Austin. Uh, they 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 follow the, the the they were down for the for the Yuka Sakazaki. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing how like. Nobody's supposed to care about these Japanese women, and then like outside of Britt Baker, they are consistently the most over women in that like on the show every single time. Whether it's whether it's Yuka or it's Riho or it's Hikaru Shida, like they it, it, it's amazing how that works out. It's it's almost like like this is a wrestling crowd that really enjoys good wrestlers wrestle. Fun, fun, very funny. Um, so to get get it started. Um, they had John Moxley and Carl Anderson had a match for the. Uh, IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. This is pretty good. Um, yeah. Mox, his hair situation is, I don't know what is it, what it is right now. Like it, he like looked like he cut it off and let some grow back. I don't know. Maybe he needs to lose a hair versus hair match. But um, I mean, I think he already lost it. <laughs> I think he already lost that match. <laughs> we just it just wasn't on TV. <laughs> non televised event. You know. Like it was weird because he was always somebody we saw. Uh, like he was clearly thinning. He's been thinning for years, but like I don't know why he shaved it and decided to come back as like balding man as opposed to just bald. I don't know, but like it is weird to see like somebody with like such a freshly shaven beard with like mm-hmm. lined up nice, and then it's like, and then you just buzz, and then you basically like put a probably put like a you probably actually no, you probably had a a, a a pair of safety clippers and then like opened the guard and then just like yeah 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 and I was like hey man like maybe 
Maybe maybe just take a razor. Maybe just take a straight razor and just shave all that and come home. Just just come home. Come home. Come home. Um, but then again, you know, you can't really just be like we can't just. I, I was about to say somebody's name. I'm not going to say the name. But you can't just be telling uh, white dudes just just shave your head and just just like rocket ball because <laughs> like depending on where you're from and depending on your politics, that might lead people to believe that you are uh, that you are you know. A white supremacist. So, like, I understand yeah, why people are hesitant. I understand why some of our white brothers are hesitant to come and just, just fool so, Michael Jordan. Look, John Michael getting, getting the privilege that that we all, you know, wish we could enjoy, which is balding in peace, you know, in public, you know. So, um, <laughs> he beat Carl Anderson. They had an all right match. I, I enjoyed the match. I probably gave it like three and a quarter. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Archer basically laid the challenge down for Moxley, which they will have a Texas death match next week yes. in Texas. So um, I thought there's a slight chance Lance Archer could win, but we'll see. It's in Dallas, uh, right? I'm not sure. They, they, okay, well, Cedar Park is by Austin. Um, I, I'm, think, I'm thinking it's Dallas. Because it's like, why else would you put Archer in? Obviously, it's Texas, but like, if you put them in Dallas Actually, area, you know what? You know what? I think it is because WWE is there tonight. So yeah, you know, like if you put him in the Dallas area, he's a Dallas guy. That's the reason why they put him on the A block of the G one two years ago. Um, like to me, like the crowd's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a hot match. And obviously, yeah. given what they did in Japan, um, uh, two thousand twenty, like I think they're gonna have a great match. I think I think it'll be super over, and I think they're gonna just go nuts. And it's gonna be another one of those like Moxley death matches. So yeah, yep. Um, so uh, Andrade was backstage. Glad he's back. Very glad he's back. Yeah, uh, Andrade was backstage with uh, Alex Abrahantes, and they mentioned that Andrade has permission to win championships everywhere. So that was like their way of telling you that um, he's going to be fighting Kenny Omega. There is a segment that was recorded, and it's online, and it got circulated like to where people in Mexico could watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Lucha Blog sent it out. It's Conan, Don Callis, Andrade, and Kenny, and they're, like, talking amongst each other, pretty much promoting the match. Triple Mania is in August, right? Like, mid-late yeah. August? Yeah. I think it's, like, okay. August 14th or something. Okay, yeah. So, Andrade interrupted. He asked where the Death Triangle was. So, yes. Um, for the re- reservations I've had about Andrade so far, that should probably break him out of the funk because like it's one thing it's one thing that you ain't gonna do is like if you wrestle ray phoenix like ray phoenix is a can't go back guy to me like he ain't about to like let you come out here and slip slack nothing um you have to had to work and i think the pressure's like on andrade right now a lot of people are looking at him like "Mm," like that's fine like so look man it's it's think of that combination of those four do, do I? I'm not worried. I'm fucking excited. Like this is what I. Yeah, this is what I, I wanted. This, this <laughs> I, is where it's at. I've, I've wanted Andrade versus Phoenix for years, so I'm I'm ready. Um, yeah, like you know, I watched the show probably like less than two hours ago when I when they when he pulled up the uh, the the tablet and I saw that and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm looking for Death Triangle. I was like, I did not. The Boyd household did not erupt into uh, into into uh, 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 sorry joy, but like the hands did go up like Rocky on top of the of city hall. It was like, yes, let's do this. Yo, they just had. Uh, I just got a message from Muzza. They jobbed out cross to Jeff fucking Hardy with a roll up and feet on the rope. 
it's over. He's the NXT champion right now. It's over. He's finished. What James is sitting in disbelief. What are they doing? He can't beat Jeff fucking Hardy? Unbelievable. First off, don't book the match. You can't, the NXT champion can't beat Jeff Hardy in 2021. They didn't even put it. When's the last time Jeff Hardy was on TV? Or not TV, but on pay-per-view. Bro, I don't know. WrestleMania, maybe? Is, is Vince already bored with him already? I oh, don't know. Scarlett's not with him either. I don't know if that's a, I don't. I wouldn't say that's a negative. I would. Because if she's not there, he's dead in the water. Um, I don't know about that. All I know is, like, as far as presentation for NXT, Cross is better when she's not, when the less she's involved. But that's NXT. The main roster right. is different. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Ricky K- R- Ricky Starks beats Brian Cage for the FTW title. It was a little Fun sloppy in the beginning. Fun-ass match. They they were, and they had to work, the, and they still worked the match, even though, like, Cross, or not, sorry, not Cross. I'm, I got Cross on my, on my mind. But, like, Starks is clearly the heel, and Cage is the babyface, and the crowd didn't give a, a good goddamn bout, whatever they laid out. AEW and, and Tony Khan and and Brian Cage and Taz laid out. They loved they loved them some Ricky Starks that night and screwing and uh, the whole entire uh, team Taz screwing Brian Cage. They didn't give a damn about that. They erupted in joy. This was yep. this was like Starks down. <laughs> hey, hey, but you know the crowd doesn't do what you want, but it's a disaster, right? It's a disaster, and the crowd don't do what you want. They were fucking happy. Hey. Like that's not the worst thing in the world for the crowd to be hot for something, even if you didn't plan for it. That means they can they can change course. You know what? They didn't. They didn't, they, they didn't pull I out think the they beach. Did plan. I think they did plan for that. <laughs> they didn't pull out the look. They didn't pull out the beach balls. They didn't start doing the wave. They didn't talk about how the fucking FTW title looks ugly because it's orange and black. No, they just wrestled, and the crowd was excited for one guy that they that they weren't supposed to be, but they decided for the match. And then when that guy won via cheating, they still erupted in cheers. Yes. As opposed uh, to, you know, chanting for CM Punk. But these are the toxic fans. Yeah. These are, these are know, toxic the, fans. The, the, the ones they're talking about, yeah. too. These, these AEW fans are every bit as bad and terrible as these main roster fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. If you say Stop so. Stop the cap. Um, so the, the funny thing with uh, Ricky Stars winning it, it is now the Fuck the Wife Championship. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> That's going to be pretty funny to see Cage um, try to either fight back through um, with Team Taz or maybe, you know, since he's a babyface, they can do this Kenny Omega Brian Cage match for, for, for your boy. Um, after that, it was Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. Um, I'm digging this whole feud with this these is guys. Great. This is great. Um, <laughs> this is great. Uh, look, like, I don't really like. Malachi Black can pretty much cut whatever he's saying on on the Tron. I'm like, all right, whatever. Bring your ass out here. The word, the, but, the part. But that Cody did, was awesome. Cody, Cody has a look in his eye that he hasn't had all year. This, I even liked the Malachi Black manner thing because it eventually, eventually reached a point. He was like, look, man, I knew so, I knew a guy that had a that had a prize horse, and then one day he killed the prize horse. He shot it. He, he took it out and uh, took it out back and shot it. And he asked him why, and he said, "Well, he, uh, I one day I looked in the horse's eyes, and I knew that it it was crippled and it was done. So I put it, I put it out of his misery, more or less." What he said, and he's like, 
last night or the other night, I looked in the orange eyes. I looked, and more importantly, I looked in your eyes, and you're fucking done. And then, and then, sure enough, Cody was like, "Come take another look." Yeah. <laughs> and then Malachi Black said, "I thought you I'm never asked you someone." That. I'm glad you said that. Lights out. <laughs> Show up on that man. And they pulled Bro. apart, dude. I love this. This is the, like I love this. Like I, I really did. I really did. Like this was desperately needed for Cody. And this is in like this is and this was like instead of with most of these acts that we've had in, in uh, that are X WWE slash NXT where they come in, it's like there's an adjustment period. They, they're two for two with with uh, with uh, Black. They're two for two with them. So, and when they pulled him apart and then went to commercial, I was like, God damn it, I wanted to see him actually fight, which is like saying something because like it's, it's, it's Cody in a, in a white suit with a, with a, with a, with a white three piece suit with a gold tie hey, and a, and a brooch. Was, I like that suit. I, I, it didn't look, look, go look at that suit again. It, he, I think he needed to get that tailored a little more tightly compared to what he normally wears. I, I, it, maybe it's just me, but whatever. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. He's and it's off to a good start. Like I can't wait. I actually can't wait to see this this match. And like he did point out, like, hey man, you are a you know you are a kickboxer. You are accomplished. You took out a sixty two year old man. That works for me. He's despicable. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then after that, uh, it was a little funny segment with. Uh, Tully and Santana and Ortiz, they threatened to beat him up with the slapjack. Uh, they, they acted like kill. they were going to hit him in the head, but they just tapped him on the head to play with him because oh, they're good pl- guys. It was a fake crowbar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. They were trying to... Yeah, it was plastic. But, bro, my whole thing is like, tell that to the cops when he has a heart attack. <laughs> Look, that man, like, Tully, like, yeah, I was going to say, he, um, I'm just going to let the joke hang. Y'all can figure it out. Um, <laughs> Like, Bro. oh no, <laughs> oh no, we're being attacked. I'm being attacked. Um, help, police. <laughs> so, um, up next, uh, Hangman Page comes out. So, he's introduced by Shivani. Um, and he said that Omega and Page was what the fans wanted to see. Uh, Page said he always wanted to be AEW world champion and he came close, but he failed. Dark Order's right that he still needs that championship, and he was about to challenge Kenny, but Don Callis cut some off. Was like, you don't want to do that, and Don Callis soaked in the booze um, as he came out there um, with Matt and, and uh, everyone except Carl Anderson, pretty much because Carl Anderson just had cool. finished getting his head bust. Yeah, um, and he asked uh, Matt Jackson was like, "Let me get this mic uh, from from Don Callis," and he rolls in the ring. And he asked, uh, hey, man, if you remembered him, uh, you know, your best friends that you abandoned said that that man's a sad, lonely drunk who has no one to blame but himself. You know, the young boss really ain't with that drinking shit. Um, and then, you know, he said that, hey, man, Page is going to be the next wrestling tragedy. And I fucking lost it. Um, <laughs> so uh, there from there, they got into a fight. Uh, Hangman uh, fought Matt. They they need to do that as a singles match at some point, just because they're always like, there's something always that's there. Been with the, them. That's been the only part of the Hangman in 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 like Young Bucks thing that like I even get any like real. They dislike each other. This isn't some like convoluted thing. Like they're clearly annoyed at each other. 
Um, and they're the only two people that are and Matt Jackson, the only person that's ever like really done a good job of verbalizing it ever. Because um, Nick don't really talk. Hangman yeah. don't want to talk because he wants to be he wants to make faces and brood and drink. So yeah, they should do that match eventually. So so the elite basically attacked him. Uh, Kenny was about to knock his ass with the belt, and then the Dark Order ran out and stopped him. And then uh, Hangman said he's not leaving until a match is made, and then Kenny agreed. He was like, "But we're gonna up the ante. It's gonna be a five on five elimination match between the Dark Order and the Elite." Hangman said that if he wins, he wants a title shot, and he wants the Dark Order to get a title shot. Big cowboy shit uh, chance. And then Kenny was like, "Cool, uh, but we don't get anything out of that." And he said, "If y'all lose, then y'all can't challenge me." Um, and then Omega asked Paige if he's afraid to fail in front of your fans and he's going to make take an extra uh, – he's going to take pleasure when he turns the cowboy uh, shit chance into belt collector chance. Awful. If you're cool just with that. awful. Just awful. Just yeah. awful. Yeah. Uh, I thought Kenny, Kenny was great in this second. No, he, no, no. He was great. That line was awful. And he knew <laughs> – and, and not only was it awful, he knew it was awful. He yeah. said that – he did that shit to, to be like, wait, you can't chant that. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. Like he did it on purpose, but I'm like, that's I wouldn't even have joked like that because it's like you. That's just, ugh, ugh. Yo. But yeah, so like, five on bro, five. it's enough with your terrible hair and your terrible fucking facial hair, and and Nick looked ridiculous again this week. <laughs> yes. Um, they uh, so the five on five match. I wish I don't. They haven't announced that they're doing it, but I hope. They do over the top rope eliminations in this. Uh, oh, so you want? So you want to? So you basically want a, J- a Japanese elimination match? Yes, no question. Like so, my point. I mean, yeah. Here, I'm like, it, yo, you. It, that, you it always makes two, it better. Like you got two stipulations, right? So Hangman's here to get his shot, and also the Bucks would have to put their bells on the line. Mm-hmm. This match should be about the Bucks, like really, like this should be. Kenny and Hangman getting eliminated rather early as far as like they can both like clothesline each other over the ropes or something, right? And then John Silver or whoever the fuck you want to pick has to go on a run to essentially win while they're shorthanded to get Hangman shot, to get their own tag title shot, however you want to do it. Like that's how I would do it. Because so you make Hangman so like you put like the, the New Day running the gauntlet for to get Kofi to WrestleMania. Right. Like, and you gotta get Basically, that that moment of Hangman thinking he fucked himself again, like when he's eliminated, like I don't even control my own destiny, but like these ragtag motherfuckers he's been hanging out with come through for him. Well, I could see that because ultimately, like yes, uh, it would be um, like they they both go over. Like if you get Kenny and Hangman to go over the top of it at the same time, it's fine. Um, or you got to have Hangman outlast Kenny or at some point to match best Kenny and then get a tag out or whatever else whatever like at some point they have to wrestle each other in that match they either have to go to a draw, fight to a standstill or Hangman needs to beat Kenny and then however they eliminate each other is fine if they go through that route or whatever like there's a bunch of different ways to do it but yeah like I think that the idea that like because you have to promote you have to kind of hype whatever the Young Buck um, new, or uh, Dark Order match would be so yeah, like having that come down to that and they eliminate them to set up another match, like yeah, that works. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Would you uh think about this whole setup? Because we had quite a lot to say last week about this. Um liked it. Um I like the matches it set up to hype up the build towards it. Cause it now it get cause I thought they were just gonna like, yeah, let's do the match and we'll see you in 
four or we'll see we'll see you in a number of weeks and then like uh what was I gonna say we'll see you in a number of weeks and along the way like we're gonna fuck up the new uh, fuck up Dark Order and I was like okay that's not really enough I need to see like because all this all, all the reason why Hangman is this hot as far as a title match is because of like his interaction with those other three so it's like it, it gotta like focus on that to get people like we hate this guy we hate these other three guys so much we want Hangman to win a title even if it's like all right after he wins the title then what but you worry about that later. I don't. I still don't think. I still wouldn't have him become the champion. But whatever. Um, the story or the story of. I'm, I'm kind of warming up to it. Personally. The story of. Um, the story of. He's afraid to fail. I just. I just think it's too weak for me. Person like. <laughs> you're afraid to fail. Like. Like what? What? I. I, I just find it to be like. I don't know. I find that the, I think in general, like the people win and lose all the time in wrestling. Like what? Like I just find it. Just, I just I just find that to be like, are you really that weak minded? But I, whatever. I, I once made a song called "Scared Out My Mind," right? And it was like scared. The hook on the song went "Scared Out My Mind," trying to get it right. And it was almost about being crazy enough to believe in yourself. And I think that's kind of Hangman. So. Uh, maybe I should submit this for a video package or something. <laughs> maybe. Um, but, I, I just, yeah, I just, I'm kind of warming up to it. Um, you know, I'm warming up. I, I am the feud as far as the interaction of the Kenny and, or, or, or sorry, the Elite and Hangman or the Dark Order. Or sorry, whatever you want to say, like those two teams that are surrounding Kenny and Hangman, that all works. I just think the actual singular, the singular character motivation of Hangman, I just think is like this weak. Like, just don't even just leave that to the side and say I just want to beat you to prove that I can that I'm better than you because you beat me back in November. Or, or also like, I've lost everything fucking with y'all. I'm through with y'all. I'm going to prove to y'all that I'm past y'all. Like this stuff about like self-confidence, I just find to be like ridiculous. Like the unself, the unself-confident top babyface wrestler or, or, or top of the car babyface wrestler. Like that. Watch, watch, you sound it, like a fucking sucker. I, I'm, I, you just do. Like, I think like, it's, I, and, I, and I, I've, rec- I've referenced this before when it comes to Hangman. I was, maybe like the end of 2019, I was saying this. I was mm-hmm. like, he just resonates like kind of with a younger demographic kind of like that in a way that's not going to relate to it. We may be just past the cutoff point to really be down with Hangman the way we're supposed to be. I mean, we call him, I've called him the emo cowboy on here before. Yeah. I just, just like, I see the crowd go phrase for him, but it's like, he don't talk for himself. He mopes around. Like, you I don't find, this week. I don't, well, not this week, but you know, for the last full oh, fine, like yeah. okay, aside from uh, so about a year, so between like a, almost a year between each other, like he'll actually talk for himself, like eh, okay, that's your thing. I they doing a lot of good stuff. They're doing more good than bad with him, and I'm not saying actually I don't even think they're doing much bad with him. I just think like this one little thing of like why should I actually fundamentally root for this guy when this is what he's a, this is get down. Like as a person, I don't want to hang out with that person. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like whatever, like he's drinking beer, so I guess it's supposed to make him relatable. But or drinking liquors, that's supposed to make him relatable. But outside of that, is like, yeah, like they do, but they do something. But like 
as far as his interactions and his tension with the hang with uh, the young bucks and Kenny, like that's on point. So I have no, I have no issues with that. My fellas is like his, him, him, him himself. I think, I think his path is way more interesting than actually his personality or character. Like, you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just find that to just be like, yeah, kind of kind, pretty, pretty bland, but like, whatever. He's a white meat baby face. So whatever, or uh, roughly a white meat baby face it approximates that. <laughs> yeah. Um, now so anyway. I, it would be my guess that they do this at Fight for a Fallen. Um, we'll see. When whenever. is that? A couple weeks. That is a couple weeks. I think that's the end of this month. So not this week. Not next. No, I think it's. Hold on. What's the calendar? Yeah, it would be next week. So, well, next week's week two of Fighter Fest, right. and then Fight for the Fallen. So, uh, I don't unless think they, they want to save that for the first Dynamite of the next month. You don't think they're going to get that to the pay per view? No, that's not that's not going to be a pay per view match. Shouldn't it be? No. You don't. You don't. What are you going to have better than that than for the drop pay per view on top of the card with Kenny Omega? It's going to be Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page at the pay per view. Yeah, and also on TV. No, they're doing the five on five. Oh, okay, 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 That's okay. What I'm I thought you were, okay. I thought you were talking about the, the okay, fine. Yeah, I thought you were talking. I thought you were saying they need to do Heyman Kenny AEW title match on fight on fight for the phone. I'm like, what? Why? Okay, uh, we're on the same page. The the, the, yeah. the, the uh, um Survivor Series match you need to do on fight for the phone. Okay, yeah, that works. I think. Yeah. yeah. Then um, Chris Jericho was interviewed about MJF stipulations. He said that. Uh, basically some other shit about Greek mythology. Yep. Jericho said he'll walk through fire, run across glass, barefoot to get to MJF. Uh, then all of a sudden, Sean Spears just hit him in the face uh, with, with a chair. And basically, <laughs> the stipulation is uh, Sean Spears can use a chair and Jericho can't. Call him to finish right now. Sean Spears is going to doom himself with the chair and Jericho is going to like steal one any chance he can run it he can run at jericho's bottom ropes and jericho sidesteps in the chair to ricochets and pops him right back in the mouth and he yep, rolls him up. rolled up that's that's the exact finish <laughs> i hope not that's too easy <laughs> like fear's the geek so you might as well just you know <sighs> christian cage and matt hardy man a couple i like I believe I said on this show, James, I was like, man, just something about this view keeps popping me every time they do like a little interaction or a segment. And then I watched their road to thing. It was like a six minute video profile. And mm. I was like, all right, I'll get some fired up for the match. So and then the say? match happened. What did they say? <sighs> just like just Matt Hardy going off for about 20, he was saying about 20 years, this guy, I like we broke into business together and just pretty much going through all their history mm. with Matt Hardy's, exaggerating and stuff like that and christian's like yeah man i know this guy for a long time and you know we happen to be here and you know we're gonna do it essentially but match just fucking hilarious and entertaining um so they have the match and then the match like overachieves just like the rest of the few has and it was a, a nice little thing that happened and i was like huh that was nice and the finish was a little weird like you know christian laid out uh after the the submission hold on the outside yep. runs in and immediately hits his finish yep. like on a reversal. Yep. I, they would have to explain that one to me. Crowd went nuts for it, but I was watching it like, I think he could have done this better because I saw that coming a mile away. Like when he was like, when he, he was 
doing the submission. I was like, he's going to run in and then just do his finish and win. I thought what they were doing was like the um, Dean Ambrose, Triple H, Io yep. Shirai, Rhea Ripley uh, spot where you have someone you basically beat somebody on the outside. They're at they're they spend basically like their last ditch effort is to get in the ring to break the tank count, and then you immediately hit them with your your finish. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I thought. Matt Hardy was going to win, mm-hmm. um, and then they were going to continue this thing. But Edge don't lose. Edge Goldberg. So whatever. Um, good match. Um, I contemplate giving this four and a half, but my you know my cutoff is four and a half is like to make that list, and I'm like, am I really going to put this on my recommended match thing for 2021? And now I'll leave it off. But it, it was a fun ass match. It was a really fun match. So um, yeah, they they got the top of the hour too. They, and this uh, show, they were a uh, million viewers on this show. It was like one point. I don't know what it was, but uh, add another one to Darby. Uh, like I was saying on the show last week, that's the guy we should be looking at. But we you will. Add, you don't want to add that on to uh, the Attitude Era again? No, nah, no, we're not no. doing not, that. It's not Attitude Era. We, that you we, that. We're not doing okay. that. No, okay, we're not doing that. Not new streets. Um, they um after that i forgot to mention i don't know how i could because this was the best match i saw all weekend um on the impact pay-per-view with kenny omega and sammy callahan and you know pretty much treating it how AEW does like they don't talk about kenny what he's doing <laughs> elsewhere <laughs> um but i was pleasantly like actually not even pleasantly surprised i was absolutely shocked when i saw this match I'm not a fan of Sammy Callahan. I think he's who is. I don't know. Um, oh, Caleb, I'm, possibly. Yes. I I'm not into his whole shtick. Uh, the the hacker thing. I, I wasn't a fan of when he was in NXT. Uh, he does you know some hardcore type stuff and all that. I'm like, there's a million hardcore wrestlers. Whatever. It it's I've never really him, stood out to me. I've seen him have one great match, and that was Slammiversary 2018 with Pentagon. This was like that or better. Um, um, so Kenny Omega defends the impact title against this guy within minutes. He's hitting Kenny with the fucking pizza cutter and fucking blading him. Like Kenny's like, basically like I didn't watch this match live. Right. I was watching the finals because duh, um, the, my timeline's exploding saying, what the fuck is Kenny doing? Why is he doing all this for Sammy Callahan? Like he's going nuts. He's carrying this guy. Like he's doing all this stuff. And, I watched a match and I was uh, that Sunday morning. I was like, I can't believe this guy. Like the effort level can never be questioned with Kenny Omega ever. Like he will show up to no matter where it is in the world and be like, yo, I either I'm going to make this guy across me look like he's on my level or he's world class or something like that. Or like if it's a guy like Sammy Callahan, like nobody's coming into this thinking, oh, yes, Sammy Callahan. And then Kenny's like, all right, we'll do whatever style you want to do. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a bunch of V triggers and there's going to be a one wing angel in this shit. And we're about to I'm about to put it on the line. You're going to put it on the line and, and we about to fucking do it. And that's what happened. And I, this was like a shock uh, how much I like this one. And. This was like this is getting great uh, reviews. I haven't checked the reviews lately, but it was like in the nines the last time I saw it. Hmm. But um, yeah, it was like it was a, it was another like Don Cow's introduced him as King of the Deathmatch, and I was fucking hollering. And then <sighs> he just comes out here and just like submits like, "Yo, whatever style, I'm the guy." Like 
Uh, it's going to be real interesting, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to see what the pay-per-view did uh, numbers-wise um, compared to the last uh, pay-per-view, which did pretty well uh, for Impact. But even Sammy Callahan couldn't stop Granny Omega for having a great match. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's probably unfair, but but yeah, look. Is it? We, we know what it is, man. Like, like, we know what it is. Like, it was awesome. And then Jay White came out, and they did the little – tease there i don't know where that might lead to uh i think it was more for jay white to set up uh his program with david finley it's going to be happening at resurgence in la however if you can make kenny omega and jay white walk by each other and look each other in the eye it's a pretty cool moment to put out there if you're impact um and impact seems to be the place where everyone descends um to do their things because thunder rosa showed up that same night she had a match with uh diana perrazzo um yeah, so, like, I'm not really worried about who's beating Kenny Omega for the Impact title because, like, I think a thing that we tend to do with title reigns is try to figure out who's going to beat them without mm-hmm. kind of assessing the journey with the belt. Yeah. Unless it's, like, something fairly obvious, like with Roman Reigns, where it's like, yo, this is the fucking journey. Like, this is the destination. Like, <laughs> but, like, in the case of Impact, it's like, yo, who you got? Like, you might as well leave it on Kenny Omega as long as you can, because this is the best thing that's happened to that promotion in how long? Um, it's way <laughs> up there. <laughs> so, um, Britt Baker, she cuts a promo. Um, she's super over out there. Um, Miro cuts a, actually, before that, Miro cut a promo. Just hilarious. Uh, he said after months of insecurity, a voice called out to him to tell Miro who he was. Um, called him God's favorite champion. TNT titles are his reward. He's willing to defend his championship with his life, and he's willing to defend it with yours. Like, he's calling himself the Redeemer, and he breaks out the new white TNT championship in the Bulgaria colors. That belt is hard. Yeah, I like this thing where, like, seemingly every champion, every TNT champion gets their own colorway. Um, So I think that's cool. Like anyone, you know, anyone that like has a title for a significant amount of time. Uh, so it, it almost harkens back to like the, the Brahma Bull and the Smoking Skull belts. So mm-hmm. I'm with it. Um, yeah, I, I like this promo. Like he's basically saying like, hey, man, I've changed his acknowledging that he's changed since he came in doing the, you know, the, the gamer Twitch gimmick or whatever else with uh, Kip Save Saving. And now he's on some other shit where he's like, I'm going to change his music. I'm a, too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beach. Yes. To uh, uh, to some, I don't even know what that is, <laughs> bro. It's like some like epic war style, yeah. like like. But it don't even, don't even but it don't even sound like it has a melody. It just sounds like it sounds like horns and shit going on. I don't mean like horns, like like a horn section. It sounds like people are like blowing almost like vuvuzelas and shit. <laughs> like what? Like behind a drum beat it's almost like he's like stepping to like the the roman uh coliseum and yeah and, you know what i mean that's what it that's almost what it feels like uh survive yeah. if you can yeah so basically like i like this part where he's like yeah man like i just i just fight people and i beat the shit out of them and then like i, I damn near kill them and like i i forgive them it's like it's just funny <laughs> to me it's like yeah man i'm just a ruthless murderer and like when he talks about like i just came i'm going back to my roots it's almost like I'm basically like 2014 Rusev, but I can't say that. And like 2014 Rusev at the end of 2014 was kind of kind of awesome. So yeah, more of that, please. Yeah, um, Britt Baker cuts promo. Um, 
She said everybody was worried about her well-being. Britt said, don't worry about it. She's dealt with a lot. She's came out the baddest bitch on the block. Was daunting is trying to keep Nyla Rose relevant. She says she's beaten uh, Britt Baker. Um, Britt said that doesn't matter because she's in a league of her own. She's off the menu. When she said that, I was like, man, that's a great line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was somebody. Uh, I think the, the setup was as, as far as saying like the food, the food chain and stuff. Saying I'm off the menu of the food chain. Yeah. Yeah, um, they showed Vicky and uh, Nyla backstage kind of responding in real time. She said Vicky has a last name that will keep her relevant for a long time in wrestling, but Nyla doesn't. And that was like, like, yeah. <laughs> and then um, she said, with the title, she said she's the hottest promo in uh, wrestling, even without it. She's still the DMD. And I think man, she's the hottest thing in wrestling. Hottest thing in wrestling. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and she, uh, I think she was calling out the problems with the division without like actually saying it. <laughs> she was saying the thing you ain't supposed to say. Maybe. Um, I didn't even think of that far, but I just thought like, I was, I was like, Oh, thank you, Britt for like finally saying something worth a damn for the first time in months. So I was happy that she finally like got off her, got off whatever she was on with. Like she had cut some like really like nothing promos for, for a while. So if she, if she finally gave, gave something of substance and maybe it was cause she finally had something to sink her teeth into knowing that like there's a match upon her. So I was, I was happy that we got off. We finally have gotten off of whatever that was of, of late and we're on back to kind of, you know, kind of the thing that got her over to begin with. So, um, I liked it. Uh, it, it was weird that she's cutting a, she's cutting a conflict promo while she is a heel that is over as a face. Um, Indeed. it worked because she focused on the conflict instead of all the other shit around it, you know. So, good. Uh, I thought she did a good job with it. Obviously, Nyla looks in the camera, camera, and says she's gonna hand her an ass whooping. World I class. Howled. I howled. <laughs> world class. That world class was like bleh, chef's kiss. That that little yeah. nice extra panache. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it was better that Nyla said it like that. Like. Um. Sammy uh, faces Will Utah. Will Utah's got some uh, wins on Dark. They put a little video package to kind of introduce people who he was. Um, I think he's done work in New Japan. Uh, he's, I think they're hot on his trail to try to sign him because he's pretty good. Um, and he's a replacement for uh, for right now for Trent. So yeah. Um, so Sammy comes out big. Babyface applause. Um, all these Texas, you know, motherfuckers in here. Like, go to Texas, you over. Like, if you if you were a Texan, like, apparently that shit is real. Like, because that extended to Thunder Rosa um, on Dark Elevation. Uh, well, anybody yeah, got to think like, how often you get somebody from your own country? Right, right. Um, like. We we call Texas a state, but it's really its own fucking country. They got their own fucking power grid, Rich. Yes. Uh, Sammy does a bunch of athletic stuff, and you know they do uh, you know uh, probably about a three or four minute match. But yeah, it was, it was, really, it was, it was super short. They had a way better match if they wanted to, but that wasn't the point. The point was to get Sammy over in a more or less an enhan- more or less an enhancement match that didn't like completely have him eat up somebody. It was it was a good match. Yep. Good look. Um, QT threw his protein shake on Tony Schiavone's head. Um, he had a red, white, and blue bowling shirt. Bro, they was wearing Tony out uh, uh, the other night, boy. He was yeah. in he, all these interviews. Tony, 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 like, Tony, 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 Tony like, the, like the group. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Yuka Sakazaki uh, chance start, um, and she's wrestling Penelope Ford. Um, Yuka had not been seen for 16 months on Dynamite. Um, oh, yeah, the Eliminator was uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they did some all right stuff. Um, this seems like uh, she got the win. What the fuck? Okay. Um, just got a message from Murray. Nikki Ash is now the Raw Women's Champion. So Charlotte, one day reign here. Well, or Nikki A S H. Excuse me. Well, um, I believe Nikki had won some fluke wins over Charlotte and Rhea in the build to that. So I'm assuming. Rhea came out and screwed Charlotte and keep nah, mind, like, they had a match. They, they were having a rematch from last night. Oh yeah, she cashed in. She cashed in. Okay, whatever. Yep. She cashed in. Whatever. All right. So um yeah. Yuka Sakazaki uh does uh a like some type of middle rope cannonball outside the ring. It's pretty cool. Uh Penelope's hit or miss, uh kind of still. She's you know, trying to get more uh, reps in, but she's all at right. the end, yeah, she's all right. Um, the you could give her a sliding D and give her a big back elbow. She was she was hitting her with the bows, um, give her a suplex, and eventually she hit the magical curl splash uh, from the middle rope. It was all right. Um, so next week's fighter fest lineup, we got Doctor Britt Baker against Nyla, John Moxley versus Lance Archer, Jericho versus Sean Spears. Orange Cassidy in the Blade and the newly announced Frankie Kazarian versus Doc Gallows. Who wanted that? They put Frankie to work, boy. (laughs) They put put him, they asked him to do a lot with that one. A lot. If Frankie Kazarian pulls out something from singles, Doc Gallows, man, we got to sing some praises for Frankie here. More than Um, usual. Yes. Yeah. Um, they played a, a video package for a Rampage, and then we got the main event. The Coffin got his own entrance uh, down to the ring. Darby Allen versus Ethan Page. I'm never like I haven't felt this vindicated in a long time. This whole shit drew big. Um, add another uh, one for Darby. Ethan Page very happy for him uh, because even if he's not great against anybody else, like. He is the conference rival of Darby Allen. Like you know, I, thought, I thought you were gonna say, even if he's only good against Darby Allen and Jordan Grace. <laughs> That's what I nah, thought you were gonna say. Nah, nah, <laughs> remember we were watching the match with uh, her and, uh, and and him on Black Label Pro and shit over the yeah. years. Yes, because I like Ethan Page, but I you do know, He's got a special chemistry with Darby Allen, and sometimes like your stars, like there, it's not other stars they might have that crazy chemistry with. Maybe it's like. Some guy that's lower on the totem pole that is there. It's like yeah. your college basketball. Like every time you know Duke goes to Florida State and we're the number one team in the country, it's always a war. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's always a war. So um, they imported this whole feud in from Evolve while never mentioning Evolve a single time uh, on the bill, which is fucking hilarious uh, for a million reasons. No Gabe Sapolsky action here, but. Um, yeah, after throwing each other down the the steps and attacks and tag team matches on pay per view and handicap matches and uh, throwing uh, getting thrown into the audience by uh, Ethan Page, like it came down hey, to this. Brothers, yes, 
it came down to this. Like, and man, I was, I love this match. Like, Darby is quickly becoming like one of my like top, top, top wrestlers uh, in this promotion. Like, oh, and- I mean, outside of like, the the established guys that we've had that we've been watching for years like i think he's my favorite AEW wrestler outside of like the you know Kenny Omega Moxley uh yeah. Young Bucks Lucha Bros Pac yeah i would say so out of this new class i like the younger class or whatever else yeah i think Bro, he's definitely like, my favorite AEW wrestler this is like is he's a genius like he does a, the Bret Hart thing to start the match with the with the back plate skates to the ring and crowd goes up for him they're fighting around a building like this attitude era, which is pretty cool. Um, they're taking insane amounts of punishment. He takes that fucking uh, the ego's edge from the middle rope to the steps, and I would thought he was just broken in half. Um, they're just like Sting does it to walk down uh, to beat up Scorpio Sky to get him out of there because Scorpio Sky comes out of the coffin, now, uh, yeah. which is hilarious. No, this them brawling to the back when they went like. Scorpio Sky is having a fucking blast doing all this stuff with Sting. You could tell he got he got the advantage when they were basically by the like the uh, the outside area, um, basically like to get up to the hundred section, and he has the advantage over Sting. So he gets on top of like that barricade and he starts doing the gorilla gorilla beast's chest, and then Sting basically crushes him on the thing, yeah, and then he grabs and then he grabs a fucking trash can and he bumps that nigga across the back of his head twice. I fucking out, Rich. I was like, they could have been a trash can twice, and then they went to the back. I was like, God damn it! Like unintentional comedy is the best in wrestling, especially when it's not even like it. Like they're doing something good, and then it's also like memeable, like gifable. Like mm-hmm. I, I just love it. It was, it was that was great. And then I just mentioned all the stuff in the match, like the they took off they the, took bottom the bottom turn. Yeah, when they took off the bottom turn buckle, um. Via, uh, so they could then use like the hook part that connects to the post. They're like, they, y'all like, want to see hook? I ain't talking team Taz. Yeah, they did the uh, the spot where he broke his chain by he broke Darby's chain, uh, where Paige hooks the uh, the hook onto Darby's chain and basically like yanks it and basically drags him down as the chain breaks. Uh, pay, uh at, at a certain point, um, Darby uses that that hook to fish hook, um, uh. Ethan Page in the mouth. Uh, Page later in the match got on top, uh, had the advantage, and like Darby escaped by bashing over the head with the thing, and he bladed. Um, yeah, man, this is this one of my favorite AEW matches of the year. Yeah, this is yeah. great. Like, yeah, um, like I'm shocked how low, I'm shocked at how low the uh, the score was. Like, yeah, I I think people were flat out missing the boat on this. Yeah, like, I, I gave I, it four. I gave it four and a quarter. Without even yeah. thinking, and I see, and it's like eight, seven, and eight. So I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Same. Like it, this was like, hey, maybe if I put critical thought into this, it could go higher. But just like as a starting, I was also at four and a quarter. But I love um, this match. They, this um, they, they, he, he does the finish where he, he does the uh, skateboard stomp, sending Paige into the coffin, and then like, oh, yes. I was like, then I was like, I feel like something else is going to happen. So I just kind of stuck with it there. And Josh began to think, oh, that was kind of weak finish. And then I just kind of let it ride. Darby Allen goes to the fucking top rope, coffin drops through, through the coffin. fucking coffin. And I was like, 
that's the finish, Josh. Like, <laughs> like that was the finish. And then he was like, my bad. Like, <laughs> but yeah, man, that was incredible. Um, crowd was going nuts all night. Adding to the show. Uh, I, I couldn't smell the people through the screen, James. Um, neither could like, I. Neither could I with my pirated uh, copy of the show. Neither could I. Yeah. Like, you know, they sold out or on the verge of selling out uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. AW has a lot of momentum with the tickets right now. Uh, all out is a sellout as well. Um, it's just like I think AW is really on fire right now and they're just going to keep going. And like they already had the best crowds like this isn't a thing where the best American oh, crowds. Yeah, it, it's like, well, yeah, you know, um when everything's it's not a case where everything's just over because the fans are back and it's the first time they're back and you know this is how a return to the normal like what they were doing before the pandemic this is an extension of that. yeah before they before they were where they heading to uh blood and guts for the end uh, what was it new jersey right yep yeah when the next used to play yeah like that's like this isn't a thing where the, this crowd's gonna fall to, off in about, a month they're getting about where they were <laughs> You know, before they had it, before the you know the world shut down, yeah. So like, yeah. So really excited um, for that. But that was week one. Yeah. Um, NXT. I think they had like six, seven, six matches on the card. Two, one was good. Or one was good, and one was great. Um, and then other stuff was also good, but it was really short. Uh, like the first opening match was uh EO or not EO uh Ember versus um versus Dakota and it was a good match um like a three star deal um no interference from Raquel but uh Dakota just won like Ember made a mistake and Dakota won and I was like wow I can't remember the last time Dakota Kai beat someone beat someone with name value clean in a singles match. I'd have to I'd have to pull up the cage master to try to remember it, and you know I'm pretty good at remembering stuff that happened on NXT because I'm seem to be the only person that can remember that kind of shit. Uh, but yeah, they had a good match. Uh, yeah, but uh, ultimately uh, Dakota, Dakota ended up winning. Um, after that, Zaya comes down to the ring, um, looking mean and good, <laughs> <laughs> um, but came down to the ring. And uh, with Raquel in the ring and Dakota in the ring, Dakota thinks that she is there for her. So she goes to try to square up on or not square, but, you know, like go eye to eye with her. She literally walks right by her as if she doesn't exist and goes straight to Raquel. And then her and Raquel talk trash to each other as if there's been as if there's some history between them. And if there is, I don't remember it. I don't remember them ever having any kind of interaction but um because zaya beat mercedes the next next week you're getting dakota versus zaya good fucking luck between those two that are that unexperienced uh they have that lack of of a lack of experience in a top of the card uh, or top of the uh, card level match um in the in the dragon lady Fuck hey, I, is this a good time to bring up the three women that NXT lost? Yeah, let's do that. So um, they lost Shotzi Blackheart, Tony Storm, and Tegan Knox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, they cleared out like 
I don't know, like Tegan Knox has been around a long time. You know, her knees can go at any time. I don't know what the rush with Shazi Blackheart is. Um, she's over. Like, yeah, they just like her look, I guess. Um, no, she's like Jimmy over, like outside of like EO, Tony Storm, and I think she might be the third most over, third most like on Google search, like person in the women's division. Yeah, I, somehow I don't think that's why they made that decision, but. Well, no, 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 not that, not as far as that. As far as like, they see a clear appeal with her. She's the rocker girl. They love themselves for rocker girls. Like they'll put her out. They'll put her out there, and like she's gonna be on the main roster. Then um, Tony Storm also, but an absolutely bizarre NXT career, like from the beginning. Like uh, they brought her up in October. They brought her up at the uh, at Takeover Thirty One, um, and. She was clearly, or not clearly, but it seemed like the table was set after that title defense that EO had to, uh, with Candice to then bring in Ember, bring in Tony, and eventually they were going to have a match down the road on takeovers of big matches. Tony Storm had a had one title match that I remember, and it was a triple threat match with Mercedes, where they I think they beat Mercedes. They didn't even beat Tony. I can't remember. Um, the EO EO won that match. And then, like, literally the week before, or a week ago, or the, the show before this episode we're covering, they were setting up like they were going to do Saray versus Tony Storm, where she was big leaguing uh, Saray, saying, that, like, I'm not, you want to match with me, you ask Regal for a match, like, match challenge not accepted. Um, And now she's up on the main roster. Like, obviously, is she going to be on the main roster? Of course. But... They, they didn't max they didn't it, they clearly booked her as if like they they were gonna have time with her and they found out like vince showed up at the performance center saw her and was like oh well of course you see tony storm if you're missing man you're gonna like watch. oh she's also a good wrestler trip paul what the fuck <laughs> what, you know <laughs> so yeah i Obviously, I heard I heard yeah. someone summarize it as Tony Storm figured out the goofy lingo finally uh, of the promos, and that's essentially what got the, her the call up. Well, yeah, like, um, like I wouldn't say her, like I think you'd say it was goofy. Like, you know, NXT, regardless of you know how we feel about it being a, a indie storage uh, closet at, at times, like people do improve there, like. Tony absolutely improved as a promo in her time since October for being someone that was like a week from, but to someone that backstage or even in front of uh, a crowd of 400 people or at the time, uh, like 50 something people um, can cut a good promo and be a, a good heel. So um, promo wise. So yeah, that, if that was what was holding her back from getting to the main roster, then like, yeah, like she should be pushed at the top of the car now when she gets to the main roster. Or, you know, tracked for that. I don't want to say push immediately, like, she should be Goldberg or some shit. But, like, she should be tracked um, for that over the next, like, six months to a year. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, let's see. What else? What Where are we, where are we left off at? Um, I mentioned on... Oh, yeah. So, um, they showed... I'm just going to talk about it as it goes along. They did uh, three different segments of Cameron Grimes as, as the slave, um, as Ellie Knight's slave. Uh, it started out where he shows up late to, uh, to the job and he says he's a man of his word. So that's why he showed up. And uh, 
what they're going for in the, in these things are Cameron Grimes is such a country bumpkin and has had lived such a hard life that he's unaware of the life he's lived that all the menial tasks and things that uh uh Ellie Knight is trying to torture him with isn't actually is light work for him because it's like stuff I did on the phone, stuff I did uh, uh on the back road like I want you to cut I want you to mow my lawn Oh, this it's a gigantic lawn. Oh, this this I'll do this and I this ain't nothing to do. This is nothing. And he's annoyed at the fact that it's so he's making it sound like it's so easy. Then uh like he he shows back up later in like at the third segment and actually he ends up like because he's still rich, he pays some kid to the mobile fucking lawn. Um he's like, No, when I ask you to do something, you do it. Not don't outsource the work. Um and like, then he didn't pay the kid when he was going, when Grimes was going to pay the kid $500 for the mobile lawn. And then the kid ended up kicking LA Knight in the shin. So it's basically, I've tortured this. I'm, I wanted to make this dude a butler to torture him. Ultimately, like I'm the one getting tortured. It's, it's, uh, he's being upended his own, you know, sick, uh, sense of self or whatever he's trying to do. The torture he's trying to do to Grimes is coming back and actually torturing him. So, uh, eventually he'll be unbutlerified and then he'll probably, win the belt but we'll see um trying to see what else we had uh we had uh delgado um legato del fantasma come out for a match against i forgot who the fuck it was uh yeah i didn't catch this week's yeah i see that uh, <laughs> um oh that oh it's against loomis i forgot about that yeah he has a match with loomis for he he runs down Loomis, and he also uh, runs down Bronson Reed, and he also runs down Death Row, or Death Row, <laughs> Hit Row. Saying, Death Row? Hey, that's what they were going for. Uh, Hit Row by saying that, um, he says, Bronson, I have luck and skill, basically. Like, to become a champion, you need luck and skill. Bronson Reed was, had luck, but he doesn't have skill. Um, and he explained the reason why, and then he said, on the other hand, Swerve has skill, but no luck because he has something that I want. Um, so with, with a distraction, um, Legato ends up beating Loomis. Um, and then as they're going up the ramp, a Legato goes face to face with, with hit row. I almost called him death row again. Um, so it looks like we might get some trios action. So that'd be cool. Um, and maybe that becomes a program because, you know, they've been, you know, more or less like career rivals in NXT. Um, this time is at while Swerve is smartened up and got himself his own faction. So got a gang. Yeah. Gang warfare. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is this, this, oh. this Mayweather uh, Marquez action right here. It's you the know. Mayweather versus most of his most of his career rivals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you get Tyler Russ versus Bobby Fish uh, in Tyler or Bobby has Russ more, more or less beat until uh, Roddy gets up on the on the t- on the apron, distracts Bobby Fish. Tyler Russ hits him with a um, a chop block, and then he works over his leg. And I, I think he didn't hit some finish and beats him. Um, and I, eventually, it's setting up Bobby Fish versus Bobby Bob's Bobby Fish uh, Robert <laughs> Fish versus Roderick Strong. Um, eventually. Um, they're so like, we we gonna get the battle of who is Kyle O'Reilly's better tag team partner? Oh yeah, we know who's gonna win too. Uh, <laughs> like 
Diamond Mine is the way that Malcolm Bims explained it earlier in, in this show was that we we have the best that money can buy. We have the best manager. We have uh, the best fighters. He points at Roddy. We have the best coach. Points at the other guy. I can't remember his name. And then we have the best prospects. Talking about Tyler Russ. I don't think you've seen much Tyler Russ, but Tyler Russ is the is a. Uh, I, I know he is. You know he is, but like I don't think you ever. I'll, he's good. He's very good. Like uh, like they gave him a match where basically he went he basically went toe to toe with uh Champa, um, last year. And he and like you see it like he's really good, but um, he just clearly has no personality or charisma uh, on his own. So that's when they put him with Bivens, and then like that's when they decided to come up with, with Diamond Mind. So <laughs> him as a basically like a young boy for um, for Roddy works, and then you know because Roddy's not exactly like the greatest talk in the world too. You have Bivens there, so like we'll see where they end up going as far as faction. But like I like him as far as in the ring. Once the bell rings, they got it. Uh, so. Um, cross Joe ends up make, visiting both people in the title match saying like, obey my rules. There'll be no problems. And cross is ignoring them. He went, he went face to face with cross. And then when he did it with Johnny later in the show, Johnny and, and Austin theory, are big dorks that are like, sure, sure thing, Joe, sure thing, Joe, I can't wait to have a match. And like, he's disgusted with how big a geek souls two are. Um, Hideki Suzuki is who I'm thinking of as the coach for, uh, Dynamite. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so then you have Saray versus Gigi Dolan and pretty much like, um, I guess it was like a makeup match for the fact they didn't do Saray versus oh Tony Storm ever. People were crying their eyeballs out over this. On over what? Over the dropkick that she gave her when she clearly got her hands up. Okay. Um. Do y'all not like when women hit each other hard? That's what I, what I think it comes down to. I, all right. So... This is what I'm gonna say to y'all. Um Saray in that in with that spot, that drop kick on the bottom rope, did nothing that she has not done that I have not seen her do probably a dozen times. Like, that's that's her that wasn't no accident. That she did that exactly how she wanted to. So, um if if you want if you want her to change her style. We're going to have a um, Hideo Itami situation. Um, now, I watch a bunch of Japanese women's wrestling. Understatement. <laughs> um, Rich, on a scale of the wrestling that I had you, that I had you uh, watch uh, in Seedling in those two matches, like on a scale of one to ten, like what was that? What was that as a spot as far as the danger in in uh, the destruction in the in the in the trauma? Like a six, six and a half. A six, yeah, like a six. So, like, you know, I'm not look, I and I think Shayna Baszler has talked about this and especially when she talks about MMA. Um, people ask when there's like a, a bloody stoppage or uh, or or in a, in a match or people are screaming for mat, for matches to end a certain way in women's matches. She has pointed out like people are squeamish of women women violence on violence of women, regardless of if it's if it was a man. You want to have this kind of stuff like they're tough. They're not. They have the same sets of nerves that we have. If uh, when someone gets fucking claymored or whatever else or so or, or bro kicked in the mouth, no one has an issue at all. But when Saray, who weighs 
last I checked, less than a hundred pounds less than Seamus or or one of these other uh, two hundred fifty pound people in his muscle factory with a kick. All of a sudden, it's the end of the fucking world. Um, nah, man. Like we have we have protected the women, and therefore, because we have protected the women in this way and baby the women uh, in WWE, um, they don't get to have as good as matches as as the men do. The men, the male counterparts, like. There's a reason why Io Shirai is wrestling in like third gear and has been like one of the greatest women in WWE history <laughs> over the last three, since she's ever came up. So like it's same for Asuka. If you if you saw if you think Asuka kicks hard now for what you see in WWE, you seen the shit that she was doing in two thousand uh in the early two thousands or two thousand tens, you would be fucking floored. Like so I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm not here to say anything about um safety or whatever else. What I'm here to say is like we have babied or we have treated them with kid gloves and treated them as like the not we have treated them as if they're not like tough athletes. They're fine. It's like what happened with um when Sasha about a year ago and in, in Alexa where all Sasha did was nudge um Alexa with her with a kick when she was on the apron to get her off the apron. To clear mm-hmm. the to clear the apron so she doesn't come in to break up whatever was happening with Bailey and, and Sasha. And they complained about it. I was like if she can't take that bump, she can't be doing wrestling. Alexa's, <laughs> Alexa is tough. She's fine. Like she, she, she throws her head at the ground for for her for a living. She's fine. This this isn't some Nia Jax reckless thing. It's not. It's, just it's fine. Contact. And she didn't even kick in. She hit her ultimately, not even in the face. Like right. she got a hand up. And the boot didn't even hit her. In the boot hit her like neck chest. High chest. It didn't even actually hit her in the face. Like I didn't even see if she got a hand up because I was like, I was looking at where the impact was. It didn't. I didn't even see face or neck. So, relax. Like it looks a lot worse than it actually is. And I could probably say that because like, I can name. Okay, Mayu Watani does a basement drop kick like that. Shuri does a basement drop kick like that. Natsupoi does a basement drop kick like that. Saray does a dro- uh, basement drop kick like that. There's a number of women that do that, and I, and the women they wrestle wrestle the next fucking day. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, um, <laughs> that's all I got on that. But match only went like three minutes. Um, Gigi, uh, she's fine, but the match wasn't about showcasing her. It was more just getting Saray over as, like, wrestling woman that's a little bigger than her and, like, just out-toughing her. And uh, that's kind of what happened. So that, that's Merma's match. It wasn't like it was some – it wasn't like some – it wasn't like Hikaru Shida versus uh, Aja Kong. Right, like it wasn't it wasn't that at all, um, yeah. So, oh man, oh I, that's why I'm trying to think of what was happening. Mandy Rose was on top, came out to the top of the ramp during that match. Um, I don't know who she was watching, but it, it looked like it was Saray. So, Mandy Rose, yeah, yeah. on times, yeah. So. We talked about the Loomis match. Um, after the Loomis match, <laughs> Indy came out after she and tried to carry her, carry him out the same way that he carried her after the women's tag match, uh, championship match uh, last week. And um, he was too heavy, so they both fell. It was a pratfall on the mat. And Indy went in to kick for the kiss. And then Candace ran, <laughs> Candace ran in and stopped that shit. I was like, bro, I find this, I find like 
her trying to keep her horny daughter from 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 you know from neighborhood boy to be funny but it's like who really cares about this like who is there a soul that actually cares about the romance that is or they, they call it windex does anyone actually care beth phoenix cares anybody besides beth phoenix no okay like, so. it, it looks weird like these people that keep carrying each other unconscious to the back like and i don't know what's happening from there are you think? Are you, are you, okay, so she they okay. So Beth asked her what happened earlier or earlier in the day. Asked her what happened, and her response was, "Well, um, he was a perfect gentleman and took me took care of me, and I wanted something to happen, but nothing did. And I think he wanted something to happen too. And then Beth said, "Well, you know, you got to go for yours more or less." And then you know that foreshadowed her coming out to make the save for, or try to carry him out. And then the, the pratfall thing, uh, later in the show, uh, whatever, who cares? Like, I, I don't care about, it. uh, Andy Hartwell romance with Dexter Lewis. I want Dexter Lewis on my fucking TV. So, um, first match of the breakout tournament from, for this year, Ikemanjiro versus, uh, Duke Hudson. Do you know who Duke Hudson is, Rich? Yes. They renamed him. Yes. Um, Brendan Vink. Yes, but I did not know it was Brendan Vink. You know how I realized it was Brendan Vink? I uh, saw him walk out, and I was like, "All right, he has a beard. He looks familiar, but he's in he's in pretty good shape. He looks familiar." And then he walked down. I was like, "He looks like that dude that was with Shane Thorne that was on the main roster." And I looked around. I was like, "What's his name? I can't remember his name for life of me." So I typed in Shane Thorne on Cage Match. And went to the match from last year when he was when it was the tour on Raw. Typed on it. I was like, sure enough, like that's the one that beat Ricochet. That, that Duke, yes, I was like that Duke Hudson dude is that is the Brendan Vink dude. Except he's lost a lot of weight. He's ripped now, um, and he grew a beard to for, so hopefully hoping you forget he was Brendan Vink. I'm like, he ain't no. So he was in there with uh Ikemanjiro. Ikemanjiro's good. And he's out here working around this this dude, and <laughs> they beat Ikemichiro. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, man, whatever. Like he's tall, so I I get it. But like, please please don't have uh uh Brendan Vink win this uh, breakout tournament because like Jiro's actually like really good, and I can't wait to see what he does with like the rest of the Never Division that's in NXT. Um, so so there's that. Um. Okay, so Caden Carter ended up squashing Jesse and Aaliyah uh, and to set them up as uh, potentially set them up to be contenders against um, Zoe and Io. Um, they pretty much just Caden uh, and Casey more or less had their way with uh, Aaliyah and, and, and Jesse. Um, they ended up beating Aaliyah. Aaliyah snaps at the end of it and, and basically like beats the shit out of uh, <laughs> Robert Stone. Did, did you hear the news, James? What was the news? Aaliyah has been called up. What? The NXT legend is no more. She's going to be on Monday Night Raw. Okay. Anyway, the so NXT she... NXT legend. We, we need a summary uh, of Aaliyah's career, James. Not good. She's been here since like 2013. Yeah. Man. I don't think she's ever had a good match. Ain't that a bitch? Yeah. Um, all, 
I saw her on many house shows. Yeah. Never impressed. Yeah. Like, the most impressive thing about her is her physique. Like, whatever she whatever she's doing with diet and exercises and working for her, she like every time I see her, I'm always feeling like, damn, she's she's in better shape than the last time I seen her. But she always looks the same. Like that's that's kind of like physique she uh she has had. But whatever, like it's time for her to come up. Um as far as the promo, I don't know because they didn't do much with her as far as the promos. Um as far as the work, like, she's she serviceable, like she, she's competent, but like she's not necessarily but she's not good either. So she, whatever. She, she seems destined to be somebody's pin eater. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, so after she blows her stack and beats the shit out of um Robert Stone, Frankie Monet comes down and tells Robert Stone and Jesse to come with her and now I guess it is now the Frankie Monet brand. So uh she got some she got a pin eater and she has a manager to uh to add to um her presentation, so whatever. Um, it worked out really good for uh, for Mercedes Martinez, so God bless Frankie Monet. Uh, so Adam Cole. So earlier in the show, they did a a promo with um, a backstage interview with O'Reilly, and O'Reilly cuts this wishy washy, uninspirational babyface promo where he's like, you know, you win some and you lose some, and I lost this one. Um, I know I can beat Adam Cole. I've already beaten Adam Cole, but he got he got a better me this time. Um, rewatching that match, I I wondered like where is that guy? Because um, I don't see him um, talking about himself. And then he says, I wonder if um, you know all the cheating and stuff we did. I wonder if I made a mistake by you know wanting to get get over my past with or or cut all my ties with undisputed. And I'm just like, wait a second. So you had us believe in you or want or wanted people to believe in you because like you realized you made the error in your ways and you lose one fucking match. And now like your, your whole entire um, sense of self is just like in, in sense of purpose and sensible in uh, in belief factor and just is just out the window. All right. Yeah. Th- thanks, Hangman. Thanks. Thanks. You have you have now infected the, in, uh, the entire babyface ecosystem of AMRS and it's not for the better. So. Um, Cole then comes out and says, you see how he's wishy-washy? I told you, I am the best. He is not. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but he's like, I'm the best. He is not. And like, now I'm bringing my attentions to Samoa Joe. Uh, you choked me out when we were fighting, when uh, we were fighting backstage. Uh, me, we meeting uh, him and uh, O'Reilly a couple weeks back. Um, but like, you basically like I'm getting I'm getting revenge for this. It is it's only a matter of time. So um I'm trying to think. Somebody can, Oh, out comes Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed says, "Man, I thought he was out of here." To the main roster? Yeah. Oh. Was he was he did he do those dark matches with uh with Cross on yes. the same shows across? Uh, yeah. So, um he comes out, he says, "Hey, you know, I was the North American champion." I'm no longer North American champion, but I do see a golden opportunity in the ring, a golden ticket in the ring. He said opportunity, but I was like, you should have said golden ticket. Should have said a sweet lick. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes face to face with uh with uh Cole, and then Joe's music hits, and then uh actually no, Bronson Re- or Cole goes to attack Bronson Reed. Reed thwarts it. He ends up outside the ring. 
Um, Joe comes out. He goes face to face with Cole on the floor, and Cole walks away. And then uh, he's there to re- he's in the ref shirt, and he's re- there to ref the main event um, NXT title match. Karrion Cross versus Johnny Gargano. Kick-ass match. Uh, I end up giving it three and three quarters. It is the best of Cross with the stuff that he does with fitting it into a Johnny Gargano match that is like, I'm just basically just running around and bumping around and, and working around this tree. Um, this suplex tree, anyway. This suplex striking tree. Uh, and it worked very well. Uh, obviously, you knew like Cross had was never going to lose his match. Um, but the crowd was a hundred percent, was like, sorry, 90% around dying, living and dying with Johnny. Like he was going to become NXT champion on a random, <laughs> on a random fucking NXT. Um, and like ultimately at the end, like he got a whole spot where, um, Joe got involved. Joe broke, made or put his hands on the cross because he wasn't breaking a, t- a five count. Um, it gave, they went face to face, argued, so then Johnny basically got into the ring from the around the backside and then ran in and hit the uh, like a a tope tornado DDT and then got him back in the ring. Didn't get the pinfall and then uh, Cross hit a bunch of like elbows and suplexes and pinned Johnny. Um, so then after that match, uh, Joe and Cross go face to face. Joe goes to leave. Cross uh, slaps him in a choke and chokes out Joe. Man. After the match, after Man, the match, quick. after Joe, the match, I saw people tweet about this. So I was already spo- I was spoiled, but I was like, I don't care about being spoiled by this match. I already know what's going to happen. Saying that people were just, after the match, after the bell rung and Johnny got pinned, people got up and, and left in droves. Yes. I guess droves is like eight people. No, a hundred <laughs> people in there. It, it, was, it was like 400 people in there and like 10 people got up to leave to beat traffic like in the, in the full cell or the PC parking lot, the full cell parking lot. It's like, that's they not have to catch leave- a bus out of there. That's not leaving in droves. It's like it's, it's ten people, whatever. Like, look, if it was me, I would have left. But it's like whatever. Like what? what, what like, Samoa Joe versus Cross. Like that's a cool match in theory because Joe can get can make you want to watch him fight anybody. Even makes you want to watch him fight a phone book. But like, it's still Cross and Joe. Like, unless they're gonna have the match, I think that like Joe would have had like. With Kenta Kabashi, it's not gonna happen because because I gotta tell you something, Karrion Cross is not Kenta motherfucking Kabashi. It's, it's not gonna happen. True. It's also 2022. That too. Samoa Joe, so, Samoa Joe, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, I hear Samoa Joe has had a stare down with like five different members of the roster. So, uh, okay. So officially. The count he has shot three angles of stare downs. Uh, it is Cross, it is Adam Cole, and it is uh, um, Pete Dunn. Also, I got to mention the Pete Dunn thing. Um, Pete Dunn cut a promo saying he still wants a match with Cross, pointing out how he had him dead to rights in the five way match at Takeover. Um, he had no answers. I'm the best. Te- I'm the best technical wrestler. In the- I'm the best technician in the world. I'm the- also the baddest man on this roster. So then, after he says best, te- best technician. In comes, uh, also, Lorcan is, is with him while he's cutting his promo this, during this interview. But in walks uh, Thatcher. Thatcher said, you say you're the best technician and you're the baddest man on the roster. Which one is it? And he's like, why don't you come find out? 
Then all of a sudden, off from off camera, comes running in Chompa, and they start brawling in the back. So you're going to get, the add to this tough white man division, you're about to get Thatcher and Chompa versus Lorcan and Dunn. And I can't wait for that match. They're going to beat the shit out of each other. So uh, I'm excited for that match. I think it's next week. Right. Uh, so yeah, so that's NXT from this week. It's a, It was fine. It was not nearly as good as the shows they've done over the past uh, three weeks before. Oh. I guess there's only one thing left to do, James. What's that? Hit, hit the music. Okay, so... Um, we have one show to talk about that stardom, and then the second show we're going to talk about is Seedlings, uh, July 11th, uh, show in Corken Hall. There's the 25th anniversary of Nata Takahashi, so we'll get to the stardom first, because there's only two matches to really talk about. Uh, one, uh, the second match on the card, Tam Nakano versus, uh, Konami in a singles match. Rich, you did not watch this match, but are you willing to take a guess on what the what happened in this match? A lot of kicking. Oh, I mean, as far as, far as who, you know, the decision. Oh, a draw. Yes, you, you are correct. A 15-minute time limit. Uh, <laughs> I just did a random guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's shocking how predictable that is. So you mentioned um, that uh, last week that they have had 29 draws, and I thought, that's kind of low. So then I looked at it, and uh, actually, to that, to that date, that we just talked about two last weekend shows. Uh, so the, the, the 11th show, the 10th show and 11th show of July this year, they've had 29 draws. Um, rich, they have had, uh, at that point in time, I think it was 53 shows. Yes. So yeah, I, I forgot the number. So it's actually less than one to one. So it's actually like better than I thought it was. Cause they do so many damn draws, but I looked it up. They have had three shows this year. They had two draws on, 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 on shows. So they have more draws than NXT has ladder matches. A lot more. Wow. Yeah, a lot more. So, um, WWE. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that match was that match was great. I ended up giving uh, three and three quarters. Uh, just just a kick fest. You will love this match. Um, whenever you get around to watching it, but like Konami, they they, they roll around the ground and they basically fight for uh the fight for uh side control not side control they side, they fight for uh. They roll. I don't even want to say what they were fighting for, but they were they were rolling on the ground. Then they get up, and then Konami kicks her when she's seated, and then she sits down next to Tam. I want one. Goes to, and then Tam gets her and obliges and kicks her as hard as Shuri would kick somebody. And then uh, Konami and then Tam sits down and says, "All right, you started this. Bring it." And then Konami winds up to kick, and she doesn't kick. She instead back kicks Tam directly in the fucking face. <laughs> So, like, when people talk about the 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 uh, the Saray and and Gigi Dolan shit, I'm just like, bro, like, I see I see this shit like every other match in Japan. Like, what what? Anyway, so what is the story here? Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, I, no one's taking liberties. Like, relax. <laughs> this was planned. This was agreed upon. So, um, yeah. Then from there, they end up outside the ring, and like, uh, Saki is helping uh, Konami cheat. They get back in the ring and. Um, Konami goes to work on her arm a lot 
and Tam is up thorning, and then they basically have a, 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 a forearm battle, and then they start kicking, the, they kick the shit out of each other, suplexes starts getting thrown around, and um, by the end, um, Tam ends up, uh, looks like she's dead to rights, like, as the time is winding down, and, like, t- Konami's about to hit the triangle lancer, uh, she escapes uh, by turning into a schoolboy, she gets up and kicks her, buzzsaw kicks her head up, out, or off, and then uh, Tam goes as the time expires, gives her a huge German or bridging German suplex, and the clock runs out. Um, they wrestle each other in the Grand Prix in the same block. So this was a preview for that. So like, um, I've always been someone that like when I was thinking of like, you know, we talked about AEW, we talked about like who should be the next champions mm-hmm. or whatever else. At you know, we talked about it. Like I've always thought like you know, a couple, even a couple years ago, I felt like Tam when Tam was the white belt, who would I want to see her defend the belt against? And like. It was it, it was a lot of Konami and Jungle. So like when it, last year's Grand Prix match they had was three and three quarters as well, and they also did the same spot from that match where Konami is on the top on the second rope and basically gives a second a second rope superplex, but it's not a sup, it's not a vertical suplex. It's like a guillotine vertical suplex. It just looks gross. Um, like in the Grand Prix match, actually they both laid on on their necks when they did it. Uh, but this time they actually did it right. And then, uh, you know, there's a, there's a chokehold German suplex that, that Konami hit on Tam, like a bunch of just violent stuff, just, just violent stuff, but it was fun. Um, and then the main event of this match of, of this show was the SWA title match, Shiri versus Unagi. Um, this is playing off of their match from the end of February when it was the last match of Unagi's seven, uh, match trial series where she wrestled seven wrestlers and all seven wrestlers wrecked her in singles matches. Um, at the end of that match, after Shuri beat the, the dog crap out of her, she said, you have some potential, but you are far, far, far away. And ever since then, Unagi has been leveling up, you know, steadily making her way, making progress, having better matches, putting together uh, more consistent uh, work. And this match goes 19 minutes. And in this 19 minutes, Shuri did a Bret Hart level carry job with with someone who is good at, in trios matches, good in tags, but as a singles is not really sh- someone that should be going longer than 10, 15 minutes tops. Went 19 minutes with her, carried some of her stuff that doesn't look that great compared to Shuri, who like everything looks like it hurts uh, in bump for her, carried her along. The finish of this match... This, I thought this was a booking success because it shows us the, the progression that Unagi's getting better and kayfabe and also like as far as technical wrestlers getting better. But to do all that, Shuri has to do all has to sell for her has to sell for her all of her stuff that like could hurt Shuri by going that long, like the Adam Angels Kenny Omega joke. But Shuri ends the match by beating up Unagi so bad that she's on her hand that Unagi's on her hands and knees, and then Shuri fucking punt kicks her head off. And the ref has to stop the match for a for a KO. I love this match. Uh I end up I end up giving it a four or no, it's not four. Three and a half. I love this match. I I just you know, I, I we we in one issue radio, we are big Shuri fans. This was a match you'd be like, look, that's impressive to be able to carry somebody that should not be going 19 minutes that long, and then like it doesn't hurt yourself, and then at the end, you come out looking like a fucking killer. It was it was great. So, yeah. 
Thoughts? I was going to ask if if there was a New Japan counterpart for Shuri, who would it be? Ooh, um, I wouldn't make. I wouldn't say Minoru Suzuki because she eats people up too. Because he eats people up too much, and his persona is just so outsized uh, and charismatic. Um, I would say for the I think I say the charisma be on point and how like he's so scary. Um, but I think that like. Shuri is so giving in matches that is like, I don't think that works. Um, and I'm trying to think of a parallel in New Japan. I've got one, and it may not necessarily be the wrestling style mm-hmm. per se, but you talk about somebody that has kind of had a career somewhere else that kind of came in and was instantly like known Shibata? as one of the best people. No, not not okay. known that was known as one of the best people before they came in and then it was only a matter of time before they started getting put in main events. I think there's a lot of Shingo comparisons to be made with well, Shuri. Well, with Shuri. Shuri. Here's the thing with Shuri. Shuri can do anything. And she could be a heel. She could be a baby face. She could be a comedy act. She could be the a killer. Um, she's super charismatic. She was one of the best wrestlers, one of the best like wrestlers in Joshi. It's just like she was just a freelancer and worked so many different promotions that they never that no place really pushed her at the top of the card. Like, um, so I don't it, but it wasn't because of talent. It wasn't because of lack of talent. No one saw it. Like, nah, she was she was she's been great for years. It's just like, you know, like in Seedling, for example, when they were using her, she was she would work in like like the same level of like real Mizunami in, in Seedling where she's working based like the third match, like right before you get to like the head, the real head bust and stuff. And like you, you're seeing fun stuff, like a great mat. You see great matches at times or whatever else, like even four star matches in these trio matches in, in Seedling. But like ultimately she's positioned to like in Seedling anyway, at least at the end, uh, towards the beginning of 2019 or 20 before she moved to, to stardom. Like she was a comedy dope for like, Horio Masamoto straight man, where she's like, all right, Max Voltage is real Mizunami in the Nine Takahashi in um, Miyu in uh, Miyuki Takase in like their faction, and then like you have these freelancers that are staples of Seedling and they're wrestling them on these cards, and like Nanai comes down and, and real Mizunami comes down with the mic and like they're doing this dance to this music and and they got idols in the ring and they're dancing and everything and then like Rima's Nami like clockwork would come down with a Max Voltage shirt and hand one to Shuri and then Shuri would be like what am I supposed to do fuck it I'll put a shirt on and I'll start dancing with them even though I'm about to rustle them in a few seconds start yeah. dance you know start dancing and all that stuff and then like they do the ring int- introductions and all that stuff match about to start and she's over in the corner with Max Voltage and then her real Max Moto will point and be like eh fuck going on and then all Shuri would be like Oh my bad. I I forgot that like we were on the same team. You know what? Take this shirt off, this match Volta shirt. You see this shirt in the eye? Fuck this shirt. Stomp on it and then like <laughs> comedy then start doing comedy for like three minutes and then like then, then start having real wrestling. So like that's kind of range she has. So with Shingo, like I Shingo was I don't know if we just didn't know because it's Dragon Gate. We just yeah. didn't know. Yeah, and then of course, you know. Shingo's been around for years and years. He was in Ring yeah. of Honor and Dragon Gate USA. I didn't know he was in Ring of Honor. I knew about Dragon Gate. Yeah, like there's like matches he's had with uh, I think Roderick Strong that are out there. 
with Brody Lee, with oh, Brian wow. Danielson, all wow. stuff back in the day. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I think with Shingo, maybe I have to see more of Shingo's career to see what he has done besides like this New Japan run. But like when I see him, I just think like just a, he's just a he's just a ass kicker, mm-hmm. and he can sell. Like I just think he's just a great wrestler, a great tough wrestler. Like I don't know what his range is. Maybe I'm just thinking maybe because I. You know, I know more of what Shuri has done or whatever else that I think. I, I think, but like as far as the parallels of like Ray Russ somewhere else comes to the main show and like, nah, not a not a not a big fish a small pond. Big fish, big fa- big pond don't matter. Just yeah. raw. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking all along okay. the lines of. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So I guess we transition from uh, since we talked about Seelan a little bit just now. Uh, we'll transition to uh, Seelan's seven uh, eleven. Kurgan Hall show, 25th anniversary Man. of Nana Takahashi. Nana Takahashi, uh, for those that are uninitiated, uh, she is she was the first red belt champion in stardom. Um, she is someone that, like, as I've followed and learned more about stardom history, it quickly became a favorite wrestler in the world for me actively. Um, she, like, I've never seen her in a big match that wasn't, like, four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Like all her matches are awesome. Like she just comes forward and beats ass and gets her ass beat and just fights super hard. And she was in in um like you know she's 25th anniversary. She is uh she is of the 96 uh class of all Japan women's. Like she was the last champion in all Japan before they uh, closed shop in 2006. Um, she moved around. She was in um NEO. NEO was like the like uh, had Oscar as well, uh, our Oscar, um, and then she started uh, starting with Rossi and Fuka and um, with Izuki Okawa, and then like she was the red belt champ, the first red belt champion, um, and then like you know she left 2015 and she started her own, another promotion called Seedling, and Seedling has some of the best wrestling in the world, like especially in the main of uh, the top of the card, like. I don't think I've ever seen a I don't think I've ever seen a seedling main event that wasn't four stars at least. Like they all they do is just have kick ass like their cards are very similar to starting matches that like it's a little they just have more freelancers and straight like straight to real wrestling stuff. Like there's no young girls, it's more or less just like we'll bring in people that are like pros, real top prospects from other promotions and other dojos, bring them in to, to, with our you know, couple handful of actual in ring talents that we have build a card around it, have regulars, build storylines off of that. And then like we have tag titles, we have Seedling a single title and we just kick people's ass. Seedling is essentially a Fire Pro promotion. So kind of. um in the in the Fire Pro like you can run a promotion and get free you don't actually have to sign people. You only have you can have like a handful <laughs> of people that you have, but you can what you can do is invite people to show up to your show for your month. That's what Seedling kind of is. Yeah. And I think the thing I think about about, about Seedling so much is like there are okay so you have Nanai, Arisa, um, oh, Yushiko, um, Ka- Riku Kaiju and Honori Hana, uh, two young girls. Like that's their actual full time roster of re- active <laughs> full time wrestlers. Like they have a Nasuki Tayo is a, uh, a a ref slash re- semi retired wrestler who might wrestle like a, a five minute car match on like the undercard but or ref like. That's the roster. Everything else is like bringing in um, Yuki Takase from Act Rest Girls, bringing in freelance like Hiro Masamoto or Shuri at the time or Rio Mizunami or um, Asuka. 
Oscar Vinny. Um, so like they just always have they always have dope shit going on. Like so anyway, um, so that's more or less than I. Uh, so in two thousand hair versus hair. Oh, you're yeah. getting to it. <laughs> in in two thousand nineteen, um, she was the top champion in ceiling. And then uh, she ended up uh, losing the belt to Takumi Aroha, who, um, who you know, had them two great matches with uh, Mayu last year. She's from Marvelous. Um, and then Arisa beat Takumi, and then uh, they end up going to November of, of 2019, where they had a hair versus hair match for the Seelings uh, Beyond the Sea title. That's the name of their top title. Um, the storyline of that was that Arisa. Um, had never beaten Nanai. I think it was like five. I think she was like zero and five. They have a. They have one of the best matches in two thousand nineteen. I end up giving the match five stars. It's the, it's the it's the best women's match I've seen since we've been covering one uh, H Radio. Um, and for the twenty fifth anniversary, she ended up picking uh, Arissa, and they had another match. And it's, this match was not as good as a five star match, but I still end up giving this shit four and three quarters. They beat the living crap out of each other. Um, I can't even go over all the stuff they did, but like I remember hearing it, hearing the ten minute call, and I was like, "This was ten minutes." They put so much action in in just in just violence into ten minutes. And I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Um, I was I was watching this match. I was like, "Man, ain't they supposed to be friends?" Because like they did that. Tag they were tag champs. They were tag champs. Like, yeah, they were they were champs, and they Back did in February, the, yeah. Back the start of matches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like they taking it to each other. Like <laughs> this shit ain't pretty at all. Like it's just like I like I don't want to say cat fight, but it was like a, a way more physical than what you would term a cat fight. Yeah. It, I mean it's it's elbow it's elbows and forearms galore, closed fist punches a couple times, uh <laughs> uh head butts. Like there's a towards the end, there's a spot where like uh a ri- <laughs> Arissa is going for some move. Nanai catches it and has the arms basically cross between. And like Arissa just escapes by basically doing the Ishii headbutt, except it was a legit headbutt. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish of this match comes off of Nanai trying to escape a suplex. Arissa's like, "Oh, you ain't escaping. Let's go!" Literally drives her forehead into the base of Nanai's skull, and then straight dragon suplex her on her head and pins her. Like. This match is awesome. There's a there's we talk about the Mayu and Takumi match from last year, but like with this match and the match from 2019s, like as far as best pair, women pairings I've ever seen, like in in recent like since we've been covering Joshi, like those are those are it. Yeah, they got two real great matches that I've seen together. Um, yeah, um, this one was like like. Yo, they just beat the fuck out of each other. Like, yeah. I really ain't got like, too much more to say. Don't, don't you just want them to be in the G one <laughs> in the B block? Like, you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me you rather watch like Yujiro Takahashi than or whoever else? Like, I'm, that's a dream match. Ishii Ishi versus Nanai is a dream match of mine. It'll never happen, but I would love to see those two that's like get along because they'd be right up each other's alley. Perfect, perfect uh, opponents for each other. It's just not gonna happen. Um, yeah. And and then uh, the, the semi main event was uh, the the ceiling title, the top title, beyond the sea title. Uh, Vinny Oscars, because you know Vinny in, in AEW, Vinny, this is that is Oscar. Their name is Oscar in Japan. Uh, 
they're defending the title against Ryu Mizunami. Um, and they had a great match. Like it's mostly built around working over um, Mizunami's arms, so she doesn't end up getting her uh, her lariats off. And at the end, um, Mizunami ends up dropping <laughs> a few times. Is up dropping uh, Vinny Asuka on their head and just. Really, yeah. really good storytelling. Really good match. I end up going four flat on this. I might be selling it short. I think you are. Uh, yeah. When I was watching this one, it was just like stuff they were doing. The match was just popping me left and right. Yeah. Vinny threw like an awesome Owen Hart style spinning wheel yes. kick, which yes. I probably clipped uh, for my own personal collection. Um, this was the second match of theirs that I've seen. Actually, no. I believe I don't Vinny think they I don't on. think they wrestled on in, in, in AEW. I think they miss each other. I think Vinny won one match and then got to the second round. So this may be the third time that I've seen um them. And um yeah, man. This one was very enjoyable for me. Like this one, like it was shorter, I believe. Um than the Nanai match. Yes, 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 yes. So like if you like you guys will have to find how to watch it. I don't know how to watch Seedling. You know, I just kind of got it past my way. And if I won't you want, it. if you want to watch it, just hit me up in a DM, and I'll and I'll and I'll uh, tell you how to go see it. Uh, yeah. I'll leave it at that. But those matches are definitely matches you should see if you if if you care about my about me or Richard's opinion. You know, pro wrestling like they they brought it. Like we're talking about a a match that I'm giving four stars or four stars, and I feel like I'm cutting it short, and because I watched it while like being straight up for 40 straight 48 straight hours so um yeah, yeah i like, think we're four and a quarter at least yeah, here yeah and then if the, you applied critical thought you could probably find a lot more about it that you like yeah and then like and then, the and then but the main event i am i'm four and three quarters and i think that's like the i think i've only given like i don't think i've even given 15 matches that that high of a rating this year so far yeah man um so we had a couple questions come in um just real quick so mj does pr says uh, do you book Kenny versus Jay White at full gear, bound for glory, or Russell Kingdom? If it's up to us? Yeah, if it's up to us. Bound for glory, full gear, or Russell Kingdom? Yep. I would say do it at Russell Kingdom. Not because I actually want to see it there, but just so you can say, you know, Kenny Omega's back in New Japan, so you can shut the fuck up about it. Same. Same. Yeah. Um, I, I, w- I would pick Russell Kingdom just to, you know, I, w- I want some tension. Um, <laughs> you know, I, that that's kind of like the life I lead as like a Kenny Omega fan, but that, you know, I, I miss the Japanese tension. So, <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Take some of that. Um, yeah. So, I. There's an argument for full gear. Say, say Kenny has lost the championship by then. That'd be a cool match to do there. Bound yeah, for Glory sure. is actually the promotion they've done the angle in. So, you know, whatever they can do. <laughs> Good point. But, Good point. Um, yeah, like, but for me, it's Russell Kingdom, and it's like the first time Kenny comes back to New Japan would be pretty big, regardless of yes. what you think. <laughs> yes, and, and I think the thing for me is like New Japan or. Russell Kingdom makes the most sense from the perspective of the timing because you got to get the AEW belt off of uh, Omega before you send him over there because it's like uh, if he's AEW champion, he can't lose. 
Right. And it's like, uh, I, I kind of want to see a, I would like to see a match between Jay White and Kenny Omega where like, I, I'm not like guaranteed to know who's going to, who, who can't, you know, by the policies of wrestling can't, can't do a job. So, um, yeah, give it the most time so that you can get these belts off of people and, you know, go ahead and, you know, make a match where like, oh my God, who can actually win? Because right. I gotta tell you, like, Matt, wrestling's not as fun when you like, you, you kind of know, like, as we talked <laughs> about with, uh, earlier in the show with Roman Reigns and Edge, like, you know, you just know. Or carrying across and going, you know, if you just know, then, you know, it is what it is. Like, I think for a person that, like, doesn't even think about the politics of wrestling and play, like, Gargano and Cross could be four stars. But for me, it's like, no, I know Johnny can't win. Yeah. Um, from Muzza, he says, if AW had to have a basketball team and they gave you the decision, who would be your starting five and one utility sub? So a top six out of the AW roster? Yes. I've got the roster pulled up on the wiki, so I'm kind of um, looking at it. I guess Archer, because he's actually like a real athlete. Got to have Ar- Archer there. Um, um, I was thinking about maybe uh, Hobbs or Power Forward. It says he's big. Need, need somebody to grab some boards. Okay. Um, I'm taking my point guard. I'm taking Nick Jackson. Like, <laughs> bro. Nick Jackson does all these fucking trick shots on BT. Like he's like a human horse. Like he's a, he's a horse master. So and that's all he does is play basketball in their spare time. Okay, I had no idea. Um, I don't know. I also will take. Man, looking at this roster here, I'll take Scorpio Sky. Uh, Why? I, Why are you taking Scorpio Sky? I need, I need some speed, athleticism, you know, in, in the backcourt. So he could be the two guard uh, there. Um, and for the three, hmm, maybe you go with some of I, I don't know if he's, you know, I'm looking at Dustin, but he's kind of old. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I will go with. Anthony Bowens. How about that? Anthony Bowens. Okay. Wait, but that's all right. So who's your that's six? That's five. Man? So my six man? man. So for the versatility, play, you know, up or down. Um, I think I'm going to go with. This is tough. This is very are, we, tough. are we allowed to pick people rough. that are injured? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I will take. I'll take Santana. Why not? Okay. It's time for my six. Sure. Okay. The acclaimed private party in top flight. That's funny. I don't know if anybody can, I don't know if any of them can play a lick of basketball, but I know that they're <laughs> athletic and I'm assuming that they have, they have stepped on a basketball court and that's good enough for me. Whatever. I, I'm not really finna think about this. I, I'm just going to give you the, the most stereotypical, problematic answer possible and move on you know who the pick actually might be billy gunn except oh he's old God. now yeah but I back know. in the i remember back in the attitude era everyone always said billy gunn was the best basketball player yeah but but it's it's but think of think of think of who's saying that what does that even mean you're the you're the best basketball player in the night in ni- mid 90s uh Wrestling. wwe yeah like nah man that just means like okay so like he he fouls hard you you can tell he fouls hard. He ain't got no finesse to his game at all. He out here playing football on basketball court. Nah, that was funny. 
Yeah. Um, he's somebody that you want to be on your team. You don't want to be. You don't want to have to play against him, and not because like he makes your team necessarily better, but just because you don't have to like have him foul you all the time with no free throws. Oh, <laughs> Muzz um, also asked, "Who was your favorite member of Three Count of WCW? Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, and Evan Courageous?" I gotta go with Helms just because I the only one I remember. So there you go. I'll go with Evan Courageous. Thought he had the best name. <laughs> <laughs> Were you? I'm guessing you. I, I bet you thought Justin Justin Incredible was gonna be a superstar, didn't you? Bro, what a name! <laughs> what a name! Like, bro, I never even saw Justin Incredible wrestle, but I'm like, hold on, his name is Justin Incredible, bro. He must be raw, like reading like PWI or something. Like, yo, he must be raw. <laughs> oh my god, I knew it! I knew it was gonna be something dumb like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but that's all I got. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're um, using to listen to this with. Um, also, go to the Red Circle and drop us off with a donation. Um, and be sure to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise and listen to other shows on the network. Um, keeping it strong style, 8-Bit Suplex, the Rick and Clive Wrestling Podcast, Roman Washington shit, the Gary Consequences, uh, I already mentioned this too much. Uh, all things elite and Red Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.